Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. If this story was any good, maybe you people would understand it. You don't even understand the story. It only goes over everybody's head. How great can it be? Maybe they need to talk more during these matches. Rich Crage. This is my entire life's goal is to be a WWE superstar, and now I am the NXT Women's Champion. You can take that. If you want that, great. Good for you. I want him to talk about getting roadhead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want out of my wrestling. Call me old-fashioned, Joe. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? Welcome back. How are you? I think my landscaper just showed up at 744. Night, so <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> if, if, <laughs> Is that a normal landscaping time in, no. in, in Texas? Okay. It, it, I assume it's dark, right? Well, it's dusk. But dusk? I mean, okay. I, I wasn't expecting this. So if you hear, you know, <laughs> land, landscaping going on, that that I can't really do anything about it. Um, Tell them to leave the grass clippings you know what i mean don't we don't need the if you want to cut the grass cut the grass we don't need the leaf blower right you know what i mean like that we don't we don't need the leaf blower but we don't even need the service period like, the grass isn't even long <laughs> i was right gonna now. say like how he long just, is 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 texas grass in late march he just shows up and is this your same guy my, you've had this guy for a while right i've had this guy for four going on 14 years yeah same guy i haven't changed him so um he he used to charge me twenty five bucks, and he he bumped it up to thirty bucks last year. Ah, inflation, unbelievable. I mean, that's it, one price bump in fourteen years. <laughs> it's not I bad. Mean, no, it's not bad. I'll take it. You know, he charges a little extra when I want the the trees in the front trimmed. You know, but uh, who gives a shit? Why am I talking about how much <laughs> I pay for my landscaping? Like. No one could possibly care. This is like uh, this is definitely off-air conversation, but but somehow, but but I don't know why he's here. Like it's a quarter to eight. Like what are we doing, guy? <laughs> yeah, this is. He just needs. I guess. So now you got. But you have to pay him the thirty bucks though for for him coming. So maybe he's just a little short this month. Maybe this week's end, and he needed another you know couple bucks. Wanted to round out, wanted is, to get a nice round number. You know, he wanted to get $100 on the day or whatever, or $200 on the day. So he's like, yeah, I'll do that. That lands a guy's house. I owe him a lot of money. Oh. Like he, he, he doesn't make me pay after he comes every time. And then he'll send me, I'll for, so I'll forget about it. And then he'll just send me a random text and he'll be like, all right, here's the dates of service. You owe me $360. And I'll be like, ah, shit. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, then I feel real bad about it. And I guess that's when he's had enough and he wants his money. 
right when I get the text that says, "Well, have you guys ever you know, built a relationship? Like, how else are you supposed? Are you supposed to leave like a, a an envelope out there? Are you supposed to as he's you know finishing up and packing things up? You know, you walk out there with a crisp twenty and a ten and go, "Hey, here you go, pal." Like, how how is the transaction supposed to work? Or is no, this how I it's supposed them. to work? I PayPal him. Oh, okay, okay. But when you do, then when the builds up with no, he doesn't get a few emails from you after a while. Then he goes, "Okay, all right, pal." He doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't tell me that he has. He doesn't contact me after every trip so i might not be home when he comes you know what i mean and like then i'll just get a random text every couple months where he's like hey you owe me 470 dollars." and then (laughs) damn and then i'll be like listen i i mean i it would kind of hurt to have to pay you 470 dollars in one shot and then he's always like oh i don't care just whenever you can get it to me you go ahead and do installments. Like the nicest, nicest business owner in the world. Unbelievable. He's incredible. This is why I don't drop the guy. He's great. And then, uh, so, you know, then I'll send him like a hundred a week or whatever until it catches up. But it never catches up, Rich. It never catches up. So I, I'm always in the hole with this guy for at least a couple hundred bucks. But I uh, see here's part of the problem. Why is he coming here a quarter to eight when he was here like last week? I, I don't need it cut again. But I feel bad texting him and saying, listen, guy. You're coming too often because who am I to talk? I owe him like three hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, it, it it becomes one of those awkward things where it's like, you know, he's all right, he's got a point. I haven't paid him since fucking November. So um, you know, we're kind of both at fault here, but you can't can you hear it or no? Oh, I cannot can hear it at all. It? So no, yeah. So far we're good. Um, but uh that that is that is the plight of, of many a podcasters is the uh the landscapers. I remember uh, Dave Lagana used to always have that problem when he was doing his uh I want wrestling show and uh several other shows that I've listened to over the years. You can hear like in the background. It's just a it's the plight. Yeah. I, I guess I guess the podcasting industry, you make so much money that you get landscapers, but your guy only charges thirty bucks, so like because people are waiting to be like, ah, oh, here we go, high and muddy lands up at thirty bucks. Like, I think everybody can, no matter where you live, can say, whoa, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> like, I know for a fact that if I got a landscaper anywhere near, and I don't, I, I do all, my, all the stuff on my own because I'm a cheap ass, of course. Um, there's no way it'd be thirty bucks. There's no, I mean, to even do my front lawn, they probably wouldn't charge thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's combination where I live and. Um, my backyard's pretty big, but I don't have much of a front yard at all. I was going to say, this but, is the important uh, conversation. How, how long does it take to, uh, to, to landscape the Lanza estate? Oh, I, he's not here that long. He's here maybe 15 minutes. Okay, not bad. Riding lawnmower gets done in a few seconds. He's got the riding mower. He goes in the back, and then he's got the... There's a second guy who follows the other guy with like a, a, a fucking... Oh, cla- it's got it. Wind. Yeah, they always have to. Always, always, always. The gimmick with the wind. Wait, the, the fucking... Uh, uh, leaf blower. And he he blows the gimmick <laughs> the with the wind. I, I don't whatever leaf and blower, he, Joe leaf blower. And then there's a third guy who's out Whoa. there with the with the weed whacker. Wait, doing wait, the curb. So they're taking ten dollars a head here. I or guess is, I or, is, or is main guy doing twenty and then maybe splitting the five between I mean, something's going. Wait a minute, thirty bucks. And you got three guys showing up. I don't even. I, I've never met the guy. That's the other thing. Like these are his <laughs> minions. Like, these are his employees. Like, he doesn't, I don't think I've ever met him, like the guy, because these guys don't speak any English. I've, because I can't communicate with these guys through words. I have, to, we have to like do the game where we point and, you know what I mean? Like, thumbs ups. Yeah. Points, thumbs up, point to the tree, yeah, thumb yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get it. Yeah. yeah or, or, or the limited English words they know and the limited Spanish words I know. Like, and we can get you can meet in the middle. You got to try to meet in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not talking about, 
uh, nuclear physics, we're talking about cutting the grass. So it's it's easy to communicate because we know what we're talking. We each know what the other guy is trying to say. You see what I'm saying? Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never met like the guy guy. Be- I've talked to him on the phone and I've texted with him. But he, you know, um, but I if I met him, it was like 15 years ago when I set it up and I, I don't remember meeting him. But um, yeah, then the third guy has like the uh, the weed whacker and he does the curb. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it has to edge. It does all the edging and stuff. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. And then when it, when I ask him to do the trees, I mean, that's a real bargain because he only charges me 10 more dollars. And let me tell you, just hauling away the branches. Whoa. Worth- Hold it. Jesus Christ, 10 bucks to trim the trees and haul away the branches. Yeah, because I'm like, Damn. I'll be like, hey, man, I need my trees done again. He goes, okay, it's going to be 40 this time. And I'm always like, okay, deal. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. All right. <laughs> if yeah, you say so. Because they even, they even haul the branches away, which would be a big problem. If That's they a game changer. Because- yeah, I had a tree company come uh, and, and do our trees a couple of years ago. And they trimmed them. And then I was like, all right, cool. Thanks, guys. And they're like, all right, thank you. And I paid them their money. And then they all pulled away and they left all the tree branches. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, now what do I do? Yeah. And then I had to spend all the next day, uh, you know, trimming them up and tying them up and figuring out what to do with them. And my neighbor, who's a pyromaniac, was like, no, I'll, I'll take them and burn them. And I was like, sure, knock yourself out. Like it was, but we couldn't get out of our driveway. They, they put all the tree branches in our driveway and we're like, all right, see ya. Yeah. And our cars were parked there, so that we had to take like a an Uber or a Lyft to go out to dinner that night because we were like, "Well, shit, what are we gonna do now? We can't get out of our driveway because it's filled." But yeah, ten bucks to get the trees and hauled out, man. This guy, all cash, oh, I though, right? I mean, this guy is not nothing is going on taxes, right? For this dude, I that's not my problem. <laughs> that's his problem, you know, not yours. I, <laughs> you know, I'm just getting a good deal. <laughs> that's all I know. But um. I don't think people realize how much that is to haul away when they when you do a, like a tree no, trimming. No, get a quote. Yes. Get a quote. We have, we have somebody right now in the, in the note up chat room that just says I got quoted eight hundred and fifty dollars for four tree trims, and I I one hundred percent that is not yeah. an inaccurate number that that person got quoted. That that is roughly around what I would get quoted if I had people come out and do all the trees in my yard too. Now listen, I don't have redwoods out here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've seen your there. trees; okay. they're pretty. Uh, <laughs> you could do basic- them. <laughs> They're standard neighborhood trees, and he's just – they come out with, like, the Brutus the Barber beefcake gimmick, like the shears, and they uh, – and, and the other guy has, like, a little chainsaw, right? And they they barely have to use the chainsaw. Like, they're just using the, the Brutus the Barber gimmick, like, most – and they just – they trim it all up, and they, they take it off. But it's it's still a substantial pile of branches. When a they, lopper, when they it's called. That. I believe it's called a lopper, by the way. But What's a lopper? <laughs> the, the Brutus gimmick you're talking about. You know, let's call them shears. They're not called shears. Uh, I suppose you could call them, but I, th- I think most people call what the, the thing that you would use to cut the um, the branches would be a lopper, I would say, probably. His don't have the little, uh, the, the red barber stripe on the handles <laughs> like, like the he can't stand, no. <laughs> But, you know, nevertheless, they uh, they get the job done, you know. When you think about it, that beefcake gimmick was kind of scary because you could, like, cut someone's head off with those things. Like, are we sure he just wanted to give haircuts with that deal? Oh, I agree. Okay. Yeah, he, he went pretty he went pretty reckless. I mean, you could use a razor, uh, you could use a scissors, but yeah, he went with the fucking lopper, which is <laughs> tough. Uh, or the shears. I guess he had like more shears than than a lopper. I believe they are different if you actually look them yeah, up. Shit, but that's what I'm saying. See, I was right. They're called no, shears. No, right, hold no, hold on. But no, the thing that you the would boy, cut the trees. boy needs help here. Hold on. Here, you need. He got. I got to open the yogurt for the boy. Here. Okay. What kind of what okay. flavor are we talking here? Let's let's talk yogurt. Make sure you throw this out. Okay, and. Get a spoon, but then you got to throw this out when it's empty. You can't leave it in your room because you know why? Why? 
ants. You're going to get the ants, right? Yeah. All right. All right. Hit the bricks. It's a uh, it's a strawberry banana. Strawberry banana, classic, classic. Okay. Yeah, strawberry banana. We talking Greek yogurt? We talking Icelandic yogurt or just classic yo play uh, strawberry uh, banana here? R- Richie's five years old. What kind <laughs> so of yogurt I don't think he's having eat? Icelandic <laughs> skyer yogurt or whatever. Okay, you're, All right, you're lucky it's, not- it's a lot of protein. I'm just telling you, if he, if the kid needs protein, I'm telling you, the Icelandic yogurt has a lot of protein. Just saying. Just saying. You're lucky. You're lucky. It's not a gogurt in a. Tube. He's <laughs> right, five. Right, right. I mean, what it with, with you know with like bluey with like bluey on the yeah yeah this is horrific. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. I apologize. You are indeed six. Oh My wow. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's he's killing me over there. He's like he's like wait a minute. I'm six. You are six. That's never right. get old. No, you don't want to be older. Trust me. Stay yeah, young. You just yeah. Stay young. You know what? If you just if you shave that year now, nobody will notice, and you could you know. Cut one off. He don't know what I'm talking about. All right, beat it. <laughs> Take the animals with you if you, if you can. All right, so there it is. You'll play um, or Dan. It could be Dan too. I, I suppose I. It was I uh, you'll play. I, I, I predicted. I, I can tell you're a you'll play family. <laughs> I can tell. How can you spot a you'll I don't play? Know. I have no idea. I just got lucky that it was you'll play and not get Dan. And... I, I I buy whatever is on sale for five for 250 or whatever so whatever brand rotates the sale is what they're getting so um they're kids they don't they don't deserve to have the things that they want they get whatever i buy so they can't be brand loyal yet except the girl with the barbecue sauce that's a whole thing and And we've we've discussed that yeah we've discussed that so uh shining wizard in the note of chat room says uh rich is right on the lopper Joe is right on the shears, so we're both right. It says lopper is for the limbs of the tree, and shears are for like a hedge, which is why I think they're using the lopper and not the shears. I've seen uh, those trees. All I know, <laughs> the Brutus gimmick, is he looks like he's chasing around outlaw Ron Bass out there. That's all I know. Okay, and that's the thing that he has. So, are his butt cheeks also uh, visible through his pants or no? Yes, he's wearing pants with uh with cutouts on the thighs and butt cheeks. That's 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 what he's uh, that's what he's doing out there, brother. Brutai um, out there, cut your. Do you remember the angle with uh, with uh, with with outlaw Ron Bass where they had to do it? They 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 cro- It was bloody. So yeah, it was blo- yeah, I was gonna say an early blood. early blood uh, in the WWF. Yeah, and to censor that blood. Yeah, so uh, um, we have such a busy show. This is great content. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. yeah, for for new people that come in. Yeah, we we said we were supposed to do the opposite. When when we now had the idea where like people were coming in later after Ring of Honor, so we were gonna just front load the show. The first half hour is gonna be all the good shit, and the other two and a half hours are gonna be all the crap. But now we've just done crap for the half hour. So uh, and Ring of Honor is gonna be over in two minutes anyway, and then all the, these Jay Brones will come in now that they're done watching that show. So uh, maybe this is perfect for us to finish our lawn talk, our, our lopper talk, our Danon versus Yo Play talk, and get into uh, the topics of the day. And there are yeah, plenty. Here's the thing, Here, here's the thing though. Is Ring of Honor really drawn still? I'll say this. I'll, I will tell you this week. Um, not really affected by uh, the uh, the Ring of Honor TV. No. I, I got week one. Honest, week one we it. were. <laughs> week one we were. Week two. Yeah. Eh. This week. Nah, full house here. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch last week's until today. I just it's. I don't know. It hasn't grabbed me, Rich. The Ring of Honor hasn't uh, hasn't become priority viewing. You know, I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not tapping my my leg while we're doing the flagship, thinking, "Oh, we got to finish this because I got to get to." I got to get to Ring of Honor television. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to be way more into it, but um, it's not bad. I mean, the wrestling is fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I get into a show that's taped that far ahead in this day and age. It just, yeah, it just doesn't feel like it has that much. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it doesn't have that oomph. It doesn't have that. Like you said, it's a perfect show to say, ah, you know what? I got some time. Let's watch Ring of Honor. But it's not anything that I feel like is an appointment viewing. Like, like you said, there a Thursday doesn't go by where I don't where I think, ah, oh, man, shit, I got to do a flagship. God damn it. I wish I could be watching Ring of Honor. You know, never comes across. Like, I'll, and even like I, the first week I had it on in the background while we were doing the show. And now, like this week, it's like, eh, I'm good. I'll, I'll watch it when I watch it. You know, and it's 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 become that level already, which is probably not great. And 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 it well, like we said the first week, it's possible that it does get better as time goes on. But right now it feels kind of just like it feels missable. It feels pretty missable. So and it's up ahead. Of, it's, and, it's head to head with the flagship. Let's be honest. So listen, it's uh, it's red and black AEW. Let's not fool ourselves. It, it doesn't feel like a distinctive brand to me. Not enough anyway. Um, too much roster crossover. I don't know. Yeah, it's red and black, yeah, dark it, right now is basically uh, what it, we're looking it's at. It's dark with, with a different ring apron. For sure. I, I, it, it's not, it hasn't, I was really looking forward to it. And I understand this is not the final form. Okay. It, it, this is not going to be what it is in five years. It might not be what it is in a year. But, um, and I understood they got they had to get the ball rolling. I understand all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I can't lie. I'm not super into it. Now, will I be locked into the pay per view? I will be. I'll be locked into the pay per view. I think the pay per views have been excellent. Um, yeah. Oh, they, those deserve the benefit of the doubt until they have a, a stinker, which they haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just really bummed out that it's not two very distinctive rosters, and maybe it will be. So maybe it's just. A slow process. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, we got plenty uh, to get to this week. All right, trying. We're trying to. The hell was that? We're trying to get a dog to uh, to leave his <laughs> current sitting position with a carrot, and uh, it's not going great. Okay, we got it. We got it. Dog is gone. The dog is going for a staycation. The dog is going for a staycation in the uh, at the in laws. So. Um, a carrot? Get them some dog junk food. <laughs> nah, they love to do these dogs love carrots and Brussels sprouts and potatoes. I don't know what we did to these carnivores. We've completely ruined these carnivores. Like we check in, they're like, nah, whatever. I cut a fucking carrot in this house and they're screaming at me. I don't know what we've done. Nerd ass dogs. I do have nerd ass dogs. I agree. I agree they're nerd ass yeah. dogs. Like I used to nerd-ass dogs. Yeah, they're no, I mean they are. I mean they are. They're 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 like I used to the comment that I would like I would eat Popeyes and the dog would like salivate or whatever because he wanted Popeyes. That makes sense, right? It's Popeyes chicken. It's delicious. It's chicken. He wanted it. I, these days, yeah, I'll eat whatever. If I eat a French fry or, or chicken, they don't they don't care. I no I slice a sweet potato and it's like this house is in up for grabs. A Brussels sprout, you're nuts. They're nutcases for it. So I don't know what I've wow. I, I've just destroyed these carnivores and made them just absolute bitches, like you said. So. Uh, there you go. Carrots are their favorite, though. If you need, if you need them to get in the house, do anything, little baby bell, uh, little baby carrot is is what does it. But anyway, carrot. now that's <laughs> a very, 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 very Chicago. Carrot. Oh, how did I say it? Oh man, carrot. Oh, crap. Yeah. Right. I'll, have to, I'll have to train myself to not do that again. What did I say again? So I can write it down. Carrot. 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 How would you say carrot? Uh, carrot. Carrot. 
I don't think there's a New Jersey way to say carrot. Yeah, I don't know. Someone's going to tell you you're saying it wrong too, probably, right? Probably, you know. So I'm putting emphasis on the CA and you're putting emphasis on the OT. Carrot. Yeah, maybe, because I'm saying Rick. Like Rick, carrot. And I'm saying carrot. Did you ever see that? uh, (laughs) This is terrible radio. (laughs) You ever see that Fred Armisen bit? It's on YouTube where he, in like a four in like four minutes he's got a map of the united states he goes through every accent in north america oh no i haven't i'll have to check that out because he's pretty solid i i I love i love me some fred it's so good he starts in maine and he works his way across the map and he even he even dives into you know mexico canada and cuba and uh he does every accent in uh in north america including every borough of new york city not just the generic lazy new york accent. wow oh, no. wow so it goes extra a little extra there yeah that, that's that's <laughs> you're getting you're getting manhattan bronx brooklyn you know it, it, it he does a really nice job but anyway in illinois he does like southern what illinois. was it what'd you say illinois mm. illinois no, i'd say illinois making but me, that's me making me ill what, what do you say illinois illinois Ill- that's what i just said illinois. no you're saying illinois <laughs> What the fuck? Illinois. Ill. 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 Oh, you say like you're sick? Illinois? Well, yeah. How is it spelled, Joe? I-L-L, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So that's L, Illinois. Um. Anyway, he (laughs) does Southern Illinois. Oh, that may as well be Alabama, (laughs) by the way. That's how he does it. Yeah, Southern, about 30 minutes south of Chicago, it may as well be Alabama at that point. I wasn't aware of that. See, I wasn't aware of that. And then uh, he does Chicago, of course. But then he argues that Milwaukee has a more of a Chicago accent than Chicago does. And Whoa. Okay. That's a hot take. Interesting. That's one of the, well, that's one of the big, that's one of the high spots of the bit. Like okay. He goes, you know, like he does Chicago first and then he goes, and then we have Milwaukee and then he does Milwaukee and he goes, and that's more Chicago than Chicago. And everybody goes, ha ha ha, you know? So um, anyway, I recommend that, that, uh, I'm almost positive it's on YouTube. Let me see if I can find that shit. So, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll run I'll... down. I'll run down what we actually are going to talk about real wise uh, this week. So Joe's back, by the way, in case you can't tell, we're we're uh, we're there. But yeah, we have an insane amount of stuff to get to uh, this week. Uh, we have a lot going on in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sonata has won the New Japan Cup. Uh, we'll talk about his uh, transformation over the last couple of weeks, ditching LIJ and now joining the Just Four Guys to make it just five guys as well. David Finley moving over to the Bullet Club. He faces him in the final. Sonata wins. We'll discuss that match as well as Hiromu Takahashi uh, and Leo Rush for the junior heavyweight title. Some some more changes, uh, unit changes in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well with a new member of TMDK. So that is all coming up later. Uh, Later, uh, Sakura Genesis is on April 8th. Uh, we have a new match that just got announced as we were talking on this show. So we're going to talk about all the matches that have been announced thus far, as well as the one that just got made official during the recording of this show. We have Jake Lee. He is your new GHC heavyweight champion. Yes, uh, we're going to go into the world of Noah. We're going to talk a lot of Noah here because they had a giant, giant show uh, voyage. Well, not a giant crowd, but a giant show, I should say, voyage 2023 in Yokohama. Uh, Jake Lee winning the GHC heavyweight title. Some other matches on that show uh, we're going to dive into as well. Kaito Kiyomiya is going to America to accompany Keiji Muto to his WWE Hall of Fame induction. But we think... 
oh, there might be something else going on here. People are saying, oh, he's, it's a, you know, he publicly says, oh, it's a learning excursion. I'm going to learn from Muda, yada, yada, yada. And people are kind of laughing at him about that. Uh, you and I, I think we have a, a, another theory as to what possibly uh, is going on here. So we're going to talk about Kiyomiya uh, going to America with Keiji Muto. And then if there is time, and I hope there is time, uh, catch up with All Japan Pro Wrestling. Some big stuff going on uh, there as well. Some some real energetic matches, some fun matches, uh, some fun elevation, some, some you know, nice outsiders coming in a lot of a lot of stuff going on in all japan for wrestling that i wanted to touch on uh later but of course if we have time the, the all japan for wrestling stuff i think is, is is definitely not the most important stuff this week uh and now we have a whole lot of AEW stuff to talk about uh initially we were going to start the show talking about vikingo and kenny omega and then we were going to sprinkle in a little bit of the recent cm punk stuff with ftr bald or dax i'm gonna you know what actually joe i'm starting to, i'm gonna start calling him dax hartwood again because if he's going to sell T-shirts that say FTR bald and you're not getting a cut, I'm not going to help that guy sell T-shirts. It's really unbelievable, isn't it? So Dax Harwood, on his, uh, he told Fightful Select about some recent conversations he had with CM Punk. It is unbelievable, Joe. So when, when he cuts that check, he's FTR bald again. But I'm not helping that guy sell T-shirts. Not until I get a taste. Not until you get a taste. And maybe you could send me some back too. But no, I want you to get the taste. You, you originated FTR bald. You get your percentage. You get your taste. I haven't been contacted. Not once. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't no, no, no routing numbers got sent to you. No, no. I, you know, mm. I, I'm not getting a piece of this. Hmm. I'm not getting a taste. So, uh, listen, it's not the first time that I have popularized something or made it part of the greater uh, pro wrestling vernacular, and not only received no money, but received no credit. It, it's it's the cross I have to bear for being. Uh, an influencer and and innovative and uh, you know what are you gonna do? You know some of us are gifted and talented and come up with these things and and unfortunately uh, we don't get the credit. You know podcasts stealing our bits. There's just all kinds of stuff going on out there, Rich. It's it's pretty wild, yeah. But uh, uh, we're definitely available. So if uh, if if Dax wants to uh, reach out, uh, we can we can you know. That's okay. I really don't want to be reached out to. By, <laughs> do by you want to talk I, to Dax? I. You know what? How, how, how much angrier would you be every day if you had Dax you know, talking to you? Every day? How, how many T-shirts is he really selling with his dopey mustache uh, silhouette? I mean, I'm an FTR uh, bald guy or whatever the hell the shirts are. I don't know what they are. They, they're they, they're pretty bad shirts. So imagine uh, wearing that in public. <laughs> probably not too many of them. Uh, but yeah, we were going to start. We're talking about CM Punk and a uh, uh, recent conversation that he had that. You know, Dax said, oh, I was talking with CM Punk and he's reading Steve Kern's book and it made him miss wrestling. And then Punk followed up with, ah, I'm reading this you know, Steve Kern book and there's a great story about a, a fight in a locker room. And then Jerry Lawler drags everybody into an office and they squash it and it's fascinating. And then on Wrestling Observer Radio this morning, Dave Meltzer says, yeah, you know, to me, it says that he wants back in. And other people have said that, too. He's he's looking to get back in and it's up to Tony and, and Tony's going to make a decision at some point right now. He's probably just about ready, if not ready, uh, uh, already ready from a torn triceps. Punk uh, is so it's just one of those things that uh, he can do soon enough and that's what we're going to talk about after we talked about Vikingo and, and Kenny Omega and hey maybe after the Forbidden Door pre-sale this hey, you know Sam Punk's you know putting some some smoke out there some some tea leaves maybe there's some fire uh, and then Mr. <laughs> Phil Brooks uh, he does what Phil Brooks does and he just said oh if there's smoke there's fire and I'm burning all this shit down uh, CM Punk is uh, is is back to being 
online and, and back to posting and back to firing off stuff and back to just causing the wrestling world to be, be you know, just complete chaos. H- how best do we maybe go over the timeline here of what happened over the course of the four hours that I sent that topics and run sheet that we have at flagshippatreon.com to now where we are now where everybody's getting involved, punks out there. Jericho's out there, just a ton of stuff going on. How do we? What, how do you want to do this timeline here to kind of get people up to speed on what the hell is going on with CM Punk again? Well, it all started with with Meltzer's post on his board, right? I mean, that's really what. That's obviously what Punk saw, and then what Punk responded to on what I was it Instagram because he deleted. I believe it was an Instagram quickly. story. Yes, it was an Instagram story that he posted. Yeah, so it was the. Uh, the Meltzer message board post. Um, let me see if I could pull that up where um, we knew we were going to talk about this. And then uh, I didn't, I didn't have this. Uh, this I got saved. it. If you're ready, you, do you uh, want me to uh, yeah, go ahead? Okay. So here it is. This is his Instagram story. He said, sigh. I wasn't clear. To no, come- no, 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 oh, no, 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 oh, no, oh, no. The on. other one, <laughs> the other one, the, the Dave message board post is what I <laughs> oh, think. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Dave Meltzer message board post. Okay. Let, let's, we'll start there. That's probably the good way to start. Okay. Let, let's, I, I don't have that just yet. So give me, give me one second for that one. Um, wow. totally ill prepared. <laughs> this on is this why show. people steal our bits because we're, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do yeah. them better maybe because we're just complete buffoons that don't know what we're doing. All right. Absolute sorry. Buffoons. All right. Got it. <clears throat> Dave says here, in fairness to punk, he was winning that match in Vegas. He didn't pull a power play to win the title. Tony wanted the title on him then. I'm not at liberty to say, but his own words regarding that match of, quote, Page put in jeopardy the company's first million-dollar gate does say something. That was at yeah, that's 3, first- 3.19 p.m. today, March 23rd. Yeah, that's, that's the first Dave message board post. But we kind of already knew that. This isn't any new information. This isn't what set Twitter ablaze. Um, that had already kind of been put to bed that Punk was always winning that match against Hangman Page. So that's not really the new information. Now, he had a follow-up post on the message board, and this is what CM Punk was directly uh, responding to, the stuff concerning Moxley. Okay, I got that too if you're ready. That's the one we're ready for. Okay, that's next. Go ahead. Okay. So Dave says here, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer and why it had a short build? Because Punk agreed to do it, then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and he wasn't doing it, and they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. There are a lot of nice things I can say about him, and you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct, but you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked in that scenario. All right, so let's unpack this for people and explain what he's talking about here, okay? If you remember at the time, they did the squash match on television that Moxley won to become the AEW world champion and to, sh- and to shed the interim label. Then a week later, they did the match at the pay-per-view, which Punk won, okay? So what Meltzer is talking about here is punk allegedly according to Meltzer sending legal documents to try to avoid doing that television job to Moxley and that was just an incredible bombshell because no one had heard that story publicly before I had heard versions of that story 
but nothing with legal letters or anything like that. Just that Moxley had heat with Punk. Right. I forget if we was, said that on the show, but it was just I think we alluded to the fact that it was they weren't exactly the best of friends around this time. Is is I think how we try to put it, where there were just disagreements in one way or another. I don't know if what we said on the show or if we said anything on the show. I don't remember, but I remember talking to people and can, can you get rid of this cat, please? She's driving me insane. I, <laughs> can I, I, I can't. Cat. I can't. But can you hear the cat? I cannot hear the cat. No. She got to go. All right. Uh, <laughs> Don't kill her. Are you going to kill her? Or are you going to just, just get her out of the room? Yeah. Now, TLB's taking her with her. So I, I don't understand. As soon as I start recording, the cat is calm and docile. Because they're cats. They're evil. Mist, they're evil beings. <laughs> I like I like cats, but I, they are just the, the evil, evil creatures. So I'm sorry. I, I uh, you know, to the cat people out there, I love your cats. They're all very nice, but they're evil creatures, and they, they're plotting your death, and they're just hell bent on destroying your lives. That's what they do. She wants attention, is what it is. Um, Except when you want so to give anyway, it. Is it one of those cats where the second you want to give attention, she has no time for it, but when you don't give attention, that she. No, she's, she's crawling on your head. Per- or, oh, she always wants. It's attention. not, you know, she just she's very nice. She always wants attention. She's very she's she always wants to be around us. But I I, I don't I just start doing a show. The people that listen to the solo shows, the cat is out of control. The cat is great. It, it, it destroys the shows. Uh, and that's what me editing half of it out. Um, so what was I saying? All right. So, da- OK, so to break this down, what Dave is saying is punk did not like this the way that this story was being laid out with losing the week before on tv with the quick squash and then doing the match again the next week on the pay-per-view and was against that and was so much against that that he allegedly sent a legal threat to AEW to prevent doing the job to moxley and then uh tony khan allegedly quote put his foot down as dave puts it and it ended up playing out the way tony wanted that's a major bombshell because I don't think anybody heard about. Like I said, I heard about the heat between Moxley. Yeah, illegal letter is a different different animal. That that I, now you've now stepped this thing up a little bit. This isn't just a wrestler saying, "Ah, I don't really." That story kind of stinks, or I don't really want to lose, or that happens all the time. That's constantly. I, I, rest, wrestling history is littered with guys that don't want to lose and don't. But get you know, Punk agreed to do it, and then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and he wasn't doing it. That is big. That that's big. And, and Dave is also saying that um, no matter how, you know, maybe Punk didn't handle it right, but his instincts were right because the the, the pay-per-view buy rate was a disappointment. So, you know, the short pay-per-view build and the way they laid it out obviously was it, it did not turn out to be a big money drawing program. It didn't completely bomb, but and we talked about that. I remember us talking about, well, they're doing this super short build to before they announce this pay-per-view match and we're going to see if it works. Remember, and then it didn't. It didn't work. So, um, nor anyway. Did, nor did I think you and I even really liked the bill. I, I kind of thought it was weird. I, I didn't love it. I, I thought it was weird and, and, and strange. And, uh, you know, it, when it was all done, like, it was a fun... It, it, the matches were fun, and obviously the all-out match was fun, and the squash was fun or whatever. It was a really cool, memorable moment. But I didn't love it at the time, and, and I really definitely thought, like you said... Um, that it was going to affect buys. Like, I just don't, I, I, I didn't see a great scenario where it was going to be, a, where a bunch of people were going to say, oh shit, now I can't wait to buy this pay-per-view to see what's going to happen next. Like, I, I think there was probably better ways. And I think we were pretty justified in that for sure. I, I don't, I don't remember my specific takes, but I, I do remember being like, well, we're going to find out if this kind of build works. 
you know, I, you know, rather than having the match set in stone three or four weeks before, um, we're going to find out if having your main event truly come together at the last minute is going to be an effective strategy. And, um, you know, it really wasn't, I mean, the pay-per-view didn't do that great. Um, but you know, the legal letter. Okay. So that, that, that would tell us what that punk either had some kind of creative control in his contract that he was going to exercise to avoid doing this job because he was so steadfast in his belief that he shouldn't lose that match for the sake of the, the, the pay-per-view program, or he was grasping at some other straw uh, from, uh, from a legal perspective, maybe trying to claim that, um, you know, he, he felt it would kill the pay-per-view to do the match a week before on free TV. And maybe it was hurting his earnings. I don't, that part we don't know and may never know if there was in fact a legal threat sent to AEW what the basis of the threat was right right the next but person it, that can answer that is is tony khan or, or megan or, or someone like that that would have to 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 give if they and obviously they're probably not going to do that and then they're at no liberty to you know reveal what was in legal letters so like you're saying we might never know unless somebody wants to say or there's some real reason or there's actually a lawsuit that happens and discovery happens and all that sort of stuff but yeah, we probably will never know the actual contents of of, of what constituted a quote legal letter in this case what, what, what exactly that was or what it was what the basis of legality wise you know what this letter was we don't know right so let's do it this way i'm going to read the punk statement from instagram which very clearly was a response to dave's message board board post which was going around and yes. i quote sigh i wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet uh, he's, he wrote then, but he meant to write the, the plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie and I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever, he said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this is what he wanted. He said, yes, he's the boss. So I said, okay. But I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. End quote. Okay. So let's break this down and work it into what Dave had to say. He calls Dave Meltzer a liar, Rich, but he doesn't specify what Dave Meltzer lied about. Just in general, Dave, just overarching Dave Meltzer's a liar. Yeah. Well, well, what's the lie? Is the lie that you sent a legal threat? Is the lie that you didn't want to do um, the job to Moxley, which maybe that's what he means because the rest of this statement makes it seem like he's very open to losing the Moxley. He doesn't like the idea, but he's going to do it because the boss wants him to do it. That's what he's saying. Here. Right, right. Cause, cause both of them okay. kind of agree the, the the stories kind of agree at that point where punk says, yes, I'll do it. Punk is saying, yes, I'll do it. But I think the idea sucks, but if that's what you want, fine, I'll do it. And then the Meltzer story is punk agreed to do it. But then came back with the legal letter and said, actually, you know what? No, I'm not cool with doing it. And that's where these things diverge. That's where they change. Because the stories yeah. are, are pretty similar up to that point. But that's where it diverges. Punk is saying, no, no, no. I said I was cool with it. I don't care. That's what the boss wants. Whatever. I think it sucks. But if that's what you guys want to do, that's what we'll do. Where Dave is saying that Punk said that maybe or said, yes, I'll do it. And then sent the legal letter saying he's not going to do it. So there you go. There, There is the now we're divergent. Now we're on two different paths here. 
and and the little twist the little twist to the story that punk side adds is that mox said he wouldn't lose to him i guess meaning at the pay-per-view unless and it doesn't say this because now we have to fill in the gaps because mox did lose to punk right i'm guessing what punk meant by that is moxley wouldn't lose to punk unless punk agreed to do the squash match on tv to do the rocky three idea that he mentions a little bit earlier for for people that for people who don't know fill that in for people rocky three mr t beats rocky in a squash match and then and then the big you know, the climax of the movie is Rocky coming back and beating Mr. T and getting his revenge. So that's what they mean by the, the, the Rocky three story in simplest terms. Um, I don't know who Spider Rico would be in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, there's but, a lot um, of loose ends, but that that's fine. Um, we got, we got Clubber and we got Rocky. That's, that's all we need. That's Clubber, all that, yeah, that's, yeah, those, that, those are the principles and that's all that matters. <laughs> right. Clubber Lang and, and Rocky right. is what we got. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody dies. So there's no Mickey. Uh, so it's just, you know, um, but anyway, um, so I, I assume that's what punk means. Moxley refused to lose at the pay-per-view and the idea being, and now here's the thing you're probably see at this was that weird period of time where Moxley may not have been under contract. Right. Yes. Yes. So he was Let's... under no obligation to show up at the pay-per-view and, and, and do this match. So, you know, at least from punk's point of view, Moxley said, well, I'm not going to lose to you then if you don't. Now, here's the thing. This is where Punk may have screwed up and and given up the ghost. Why would Moxley refuse to do the job at the pay-per-view if Punk was agreeable to losing on TV? Then what would Mox's gripe be? Yes, and that's kind of that was one of the questions I have in my notes is like what trying to get into the head of Moxley, like what at what point did what what is Moxley not cool with in this scenario? What 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 is annoying him in this scenario for him to not want to do uh business here? That that I can't That tells quite me that out. there may be that tells me there may be validity to the idea that Punk was hemming and hawing about doing this TV job. Whereas in Punk's statement he acts like, oh I didn't want to do it, but you know, whatever. The boss wanted me to do it. So well, I mean, if you just agreed to it even begrudgingly, Mox has no reason to say he's not going to lose. Right, he's you. getting his side. He get, he's getting his story and he's getting everything that he wants. Why would he give a shit at that point? Right. So I think Punk kind of uh, took off the mask there, so to speak, and, and screwed up. I think he slipped up and exposed something there. You know, so um, I don't know. And then I, and then again, I mean, you know, do I think Dave Meltzer is telling what is Dave Meltzer's motivation to lie? Now, does Dave have bad information? Are some of his details off? Probably. And I think Maybe. that might be where that next line comes in. The Dave Meltzer's a liar. And then all of a sudden, Chris Jericho gets astray here by saying Chris Jericho is a liar and a stooge. I tend right. to think, given history, that uh, sentence one and sentence two might be related there. Yeah, he's saying Jericho's the one giving him, feeding him this shit. Yeah. So, um, I mean, because if you take Punk's uh, version of this at face value, honestly, he's the hero of this pay-per-view because if he doesn't agree to do that job to Moxley, they don't have a pay-per-view main event. Right. Because Moxley's not going to lose to him on the pay-per-view unless he loses to him on TV first. So he's also kind of positioning himself as the guy who did the right thing, even though he was injured and not cleared for the sake of the business and the sake of the pay-per-view. 
He's not saying that directly, but that's really what he's saying. Whereas Meltzer is saying, this guy was so adamant against this storyline that he tried to get legal intervention to avoid doing it. Which side do you believe? I, you know, that's up to you as a listener. Right. I think I, we're being pretty fair. The, the only Moxley thing could potentially be, and, and this is just kind of circle back to that, is Moxley says, hey, here's this idea I have. Punk's hemming and hawing. Hey, I think your idea sucks. And it's 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 Phil Brooks, so I'm sure he wasn't mincing words when he probably said, hey, I think that idea sucks and that story's stupid, but if you guys want to fucking do it, then I'll fucking do it type of thing. You know how he rubs people, and that's probably exactly how the conversation went. And then maybe Moxley, th- this is, I'm just playing devil's advocate here of what potentially could have happened in the, in the bit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go through it so, all. So, yeah. so, so Punk agrees and says, all right, you know what? I think your idea fucking sucks, but I'll do it. Whatever. If that's what Tony wants, cool. Let's do it. And then maybe sometime in between there, Moxley's saying, you know what? I'm not losing this guy at the fucking pay-per-view. Fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sick of this asshole. He's already probably had run-ins. Yeah. At this time, we already know that he's had run-ins with Hangman Page. We already know that him and the Elite have probably not seen the eye, uh, eye-to-eye on several things. It's CM Punk. I'm sure a lot of people were getting rubbed the wrong way. Eddie Kingston clearly rubbed the wrong way at, at, at times as well about CM Punk. Like, there was other things going on at that time, and that might be... John Moxley saying, you know what? Fuck this dude. No, I'm not losing him at the pay-per-view either. And that could potentially be what Punk is saying. That that then there was pushback of Moxley saying, you know what? No, I don't know if I want to lose to you at the pay-per-view. You know what? I don't know if I need that vacation. Maybe I will keep stay the champion. Maybe you could take a vacation. So that that is maybe what or Punk maybe saw Moxley's frustration as him eventually not wanting to do the job. I have no idea, but that that's the only scenario that I could potentially see. That doesn't really sound like John Moxley, but then again, go back to that, that promo, that CM Punk promo that John Moxley cut, uh, the week, you know, the, the week leading into all out when he, when he, he, he won back the title and said, you know, fragile ego, fragile body, fragile, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like that was yeah. a very passionate promo. So it's Vitriol. possible that this dude had been dealing with this guy for a month and was just like, you know what? Fuck him and fuck this. Like I'm winning this title. I'm not letting him beat me. Screw him. He can go home. I don't give a shit. Like I, that, that's very possible that Mox got to his breaking point with CM Punk. It was just like, no, I'm not losing at the pay per view. Screw that. So let's look at possibilities of why of, of of what the legal threat could have been based on. Okay, the obvious one is he has some sort of creative control, right? Right. Which is very plausible. I mean, I could easily see him negotiating that when he when he signs with the company. Um, number two would be some kind of um, claim of uh, feared loss of income because of giving the match away for free or whatever. Um, right. And depending on his would, deal and depending on his deal. I mean, we don't know what the you know, obviously Sam Punk's contract is, but it's very likely that he was probably getting percentages of houses and percentages of pay-per-views and stuff like that. Like yeah. when you're going to bring in a guy like that out of retirement, you have to pay him a lot of money. And it's very similar to what WCW had to do with Hulk Hogan. They had to give Hulk Hogan just an insane amount of percentage of, of stuff. Because, yeah, when you're going to get Hulk Hogan, you got you to gotta sweeten the pot a little bit if you're going to get Hulk Hogan to come to your company. And that that I'm sure, without looking at the details, positive Punk was getting percentages of houses, percentages of pay-per-views, all that sort of stuff. For sure he was. And and I'll just – and I'll say it again. And I said it months ago. There's a very strong rumor going around that he has an ownership stake, which really complicates all of this. And I could easily see that being the case too. Right, which to might – which, which and then people always bring up, well, why doesn't AEW ever say anything about this? Why do they never release a statement? Well – it might be a little more difficult if a guy who's got some right. points if in the company, yeah. yeah, if a guy who's got points in your company is 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 causing all this stuff, you don't necessarily want to, you know, or you can't so, legally, you know, fire him or put statements out or whatever. So, yeah. And then the third reason why he might legally try to stop 
this match is the other thing he mentions in his statement that he wasn't medically cleared that he was hurt right the legal letter in this case i i I suppose punk would say like i had a doctor's note or whatever but maybe he i I don't know maybe a doctor then gets to his lawyer who then says no he's not medically cleared or you know i mean like who knows or maybe he's grasping any potential straws he can to not do this job right because he's because he feels that strongly that's bad for business and the and the way that Meltzer terms it, that's what it was. Meltzer doesn't say anything about he doesn't like John Moxley, and that's why he doesn't want to do it. It's it, it's Punk's business instincts were that this was a bad idea. And uh, look, they're not friends. Like they obviously don't get along now, and this caused a rift between the two of them. But there's no indication publicly that Punk didn't want to lose to Moxley on TV simply because he didn't want to put Moxley over. It seems to be Punk felt strongly that it was a bad business decision to do so. And maybe the idea of the injury and not being cleared was his last gasp attempt legally. Now we're just speculating on the potential angles he could have used to legally stop the match, which obviously none of them were strong because none of them worked and he did the match. Or he just threw his hands up and said, you know what? Fuck it. Let, let me just do what they're asking me to do. And I'm going to be right in the end. This is going to not work. But I've caused enough shit. I, I don't know. Yeah. But then he deleted this. And that's when Chris Jericho chimed in. <laughs> we knew. Everybody was saying, well, who's the next person? And every single person that's followed this business for any amount of time, anybody, if you were on our Discord, Voice Arrest and Accomplished Discord, somebody, I forget who it was, said, well, who's going to talk next? And we, a, a string of like 30 people that all have been and seen this shit and done this shit for enough time all said Jericho. That's just that's like if you looked on the scroll, it just was Jericho. <laughs> like 20 people just saying, uh, it's going to be Jericho. And of course, guess who it was? It was Chris Jericho. Well, Jericho's not going to be called a stooge and a liar and not respond. Hell and no. Jericho, and Jericho also has the stroke to where he's going to do what he wants. And and nobody, including Tony Khan, is going to tell him not to say. I mean, Jericho's going to do what he wants. Jericho's Jericho, and and Jericho is keeper of his own flame, and Jericho's going to be Jericho, and Jericho's going to do what he wants because he's Jericho. He's Chris Jericho. And that's just all there is to it. So we knew he was going to have something to say. And he'll probably have more to say uh, at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is all – and, you know, and Meltzer on the audio was saying that, you know, he he doesn't think that they'll bring Punk back unless they're absolutely desperate and they're in dire straits and everything's completely falling apart. It's very obvious that in the last week or so, Dave has been talking to some people about this Punk situation because – this had all been very quiet for a long time. And now he's discussing it on audio. Now he's got these new tidbits on his message board that no one had really heard the details of before. So, um, you know, previous, he had spoken to the punk side a lot. And it's very obvious he's getting some information from the other side. What's interesting to me is now that punk is talking, that might open the door for some of these other people to start chirping. And hopefully the floodgates open. What we really need to happen here, and I don't think it's going to, is for somebody to say something that triggers all online Tony, and we get a Tony thread. Yeah, we need the, I'm uh, fucking sick of this shit, you know, the pound in the yeah. table, <laughs> Tony, we need. But I think he's I think he's too smart for that, 
for a, a million different legal reasons. Well, and and, I, and, I and Punk's that, also uh, bringing in a little bit of extra legal part of this as well by 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 saying that I was not in uns- not exactly saying it, but in no uncertain terms saying I was kind of forced to work even though I didn't feel I was healthy type of thing. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a, and now that kind of complicates things even a little bit more. If that's true, if, if if you read into that the way that I read into that, that's kind of what his, you know, I, I he's the boss, so I said okay, but I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. That that's line right there. They kept saying it could be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Yeah, and that's where I would say that your little theory earlier may be accurate to where maybe punk was like all right i'm gonna do it but i I need to be cleared and then maybe that's when mox threw up his hands and said ah well fuck this guy i'm not coming in a pay-per-view i don't even work here you know uh you know like leading to that frustration of right tony tony you want me to sign this fucking contract well then tell that guy that i'm not losing to him you know type of thing which was at, at play right now we had verbal agreements but nothing was signed nothing with moxley was signed at that time. They even publicly announced when Knoxley re-signed or whatever in October uh, or, or whenever it was. Like that, that yes. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about a very weird, 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 weird time where Moxley, I mean, I don't think that there was a threat that Moxley was going to leave, but that's still leverage. You can still come to the room and say, well, you know what? I don't need to sign this right now. You know, I, I've been well, kind of meaning on well, doing well, a vacation for it. a little bit. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. If Punk is saying, I'll do it, but I need to be cleared. Okay. And then Mox is saying, well, if he doesn't do it, I'm not coming to the pay-per-view then both sides are right for saying that the other didn't want to do a job for them. Correct. And you could see why both sides would be saying that. You know? So, where I think... See, the thing about Punk is I... I want to phrase this properly, okay? I don't think he's like a deliberate, bald-faced liar. I think Punk is a unique person who creates alternate realities in his head and believes them. Right. So that he can justify everything that happens in his life. And, and every- I don't even think he does it on purpose. No, to- no, no. A lot of us do it. I mean, he's not that different from a lot of humans do. It is is oh, I'd say a lot different than a lot of but I well, get what you're saying. Uh, no. I I know a few punks in my life, but uh yeah. the yeah. the you know, warping reality to kind of fit and justify how you interact with people is not, you know, yeah. That a lot of people do do that. I mean, he particularly does it on on the grandest stage you could possibly do it. But I, I don't think he's. I just mean he's not like a complete. He's not like an evil human being for doing that. A lot of I, I think more people than we may might think warp reality to kind of fit their narrative and fit what they think to justify their decisions and the way that they treat people in the way that because because I'm with you. I don't think he's. I don't think CM Punk is a liar. I don't think he sat down and said, "Aha, I'm going to lie about this." But I think he may yeah, be. I don't think he's saying, "What can I lie about that?" Right, lie. right. I don't think he's that's that a, kind that's of guy. That's a liar. That's someone right. who's just a liar trying to think. All right, what will people believe? Let me crack my knuckles and come up with. I think he believes that all of the shit that he says, but I I think that a lot of it is just. He convinces himself that he's always the, the 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 hero of the story, and he's never wrong. And then he believes these 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 warped senses of reality in his brain. The point I'm trying to make is, I think he probably really believes that John Moxley wasn't going to do a job to him. And I think that, um, you know, the other side of the story is true too, and that Punk was trying to get out of doing the job to Moxley. But I don't think he was trying to get out of the job 
doing the job to Moxley in a diabolical way. I just think he really thought it was better for business to not do the job for Moxley. That, for whatever, I believe that. Based right, on reading right, both right. Or, or, or his interpretation of how Moxley acted could potentially be warping this as well. Like, like I'm saying, did John Moxley say, you know what? I'm not going to lose to you at all out. And you can t- and Tony, I'm not losing him at all out. Or was Moxley like, ah, yeah, you know, well, it could have been possible. Moxley was just grumbling and being in, in and like, ah, screw this guy. I don't, I don't need this shit type of thing. And Moxley and, and Punk might be interpreting that as Moxley saying, well, I'm not going to job you at all out or whatever. Like, we don't know that. We don't know if Moxley sp- explicitly said, I'm not going to come to the pay-per-view. I'm not losing this title. Or if Punk is kind of. The pushback and the push and the pull and the arguments or whatever led to him assuming that Moxie wasn't going to show up. You know what I mean? We don't know that. But like you're saying, like, I don't think he's lying either way. I, I Whatever this, the truth is, I don't think he's lying. I just think he maybe interpreted a situation differently. Or Moxie maybe did tell him, fuck him. I'm not losing it to him at all out. I have no idea. I don't know. That's the part we don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's what we thought it was earlier this afternoon when we had one side where it was just CM Punk has decided that he doesn't want to lose to John Moxley and he's pulling just uh, old. I, I, it, it seems to me, even Meltzer goes out of his way to say Punk's instincts weren't necessarily wrong. I don't know what the exact verbiage was, um, but just, you know, as always, the way he goes about it. I mean, send in a legal letter. What are we doing? We can't get in a room and figure this out. We got to get lawyers involved. You know, if that was in fact the case, you know, we're, we're taking a lot at face value here from both of these sides. Maybe he didn't send a legal letter. I don't know. But um, as far as not wanting to work unless he was medically cleared, Rich, do you think he was hurt or do you think he was quote unquote hurt? Like maybe he saw the injury as a way to wiggle out of what he thought was a bad storyline and he's just kind of playing this idea up that because he knows people will be sympathetic to that. Oh, sure. If you have an injury, oh, well, I, I had to work hurt or whatever, which he and he's right because people will be sympathetic about that. And people will say, oh, my God, Tony Khan was making this guy work while hurt. I'll just point out that every single wrestler is always hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every athlete is hurt. Every wrestler is hurt. The extent of the injuries obviously are, are very different in, in, in many cases. But you could you could use that excuse literally any day. If you're a professional wrestler at any level, especially in your 30s or 40s, there's a very good chance that your body is in in fucking tremendous pain when you get to the arena and you can easily say, I'm hurt. I can't work. To be fair, this was an injury that did have him on the shelf. Sure. But he was good two weeks after that. Right. Which he didn't seem that hurt at all I, out. <laughs> he seemed pretty okay. And apparently was medically cleared then. But particularly in the current social environment we're in, that's going to garner sympathy. Oh, for sure. sure. For sure. If you're being asked to work hurt. In fact, you could argue that a proponent of workers' rights would strongly back Punk in this situation. <laughs> right? This is, this is uh, what's going to get Hangman and Tony uh, and and uh, and Punk back in the room together. They're going to sit I down mean, and go, "All right, a, pal, yeah, workers' rights. Am I right, buddy?" <laughs> this is a shining example of of workers' rights, in my view, Rich. Um, so, um, you know, there's that aspect of it. Was he hurt or was he hurt? Hurt. And then there's the John Moxley question that we'll pose which is the on-screen reason and the reason we were given was that moxley hated the idea of interim titles yep and wanted his title to be a real title reign even if you know it was only for a week that win would solidify it as a real reign and not an interim title reign um could that be 
sort of the on-screen slash cover reason that Moxley wanted this win. While the real reason could have been John Moxley's a pro wrestler with an ego and he doesn't want to do a job for this guy who he doesn't like very much unless he gets a win in as well. I mean, we have to consider that. Right, right. And I, I know I, we I, all I know we all love John Moxley, the crazy guy who comes out to wild thing and just wants to bleed. But he's a pro wrestler with an ego like like every pro wrestler with an ego. You have to consider the possibility that he's playing some politics, too. And he's probably and, and he's home. Going out, well, fuck that guy. I'm, I'm getting a win on him before if he thinks he's just beating me. I mean, how can you not consider that? Of course, of course. Like I said, go back to that promo. Go back to that promo in the lead up to All Out. That was, that was as much John Moxley as it was, you know, Jonathan Good or whatever. You know what I mean, that was a very impassioned promo and very cut. De- I even at the time, I remember being like, "Ooh, okay, that that has a little more juice to it." That in a long, long string of people cutting very juicy promos at CM Punk, uh, that was the last one that felt very like, "Oh, something's okay," because I was a very angry man at that time. That that so I yes, I, I think there's absolutely the possibility that Moxley, who who by all accounts everybody seems to get along with him, but it's very possible that Punk brought him to his absolute breaking point. And he just was like, "Fuck this guy! I, I'm not doing this shit. Screw this guy! I don't have a contract. I've had a vacation in two years. I don't need this shit. Fuck this guy. Fuck this. I'm out of here." You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. And if, that's, I, if I'm, I'm losing, if I'm losing to this guy, if I'm laying down for this guy in front of 150 thousand people, I'm squashing him on TV in front of a million. Right. Right. Like, is it really that? Is that really not plausible that he might think might have thought that way? Absolutely not. He's 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 still a wrestler. He's still a wrestler. He might be yeah. John Moxley. We all love him, but he's still a wrestler. Yeah, and 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 there was obviously heat by that point. But okay, and here's the other piece of this, Rich. Do you want to do the interim title victory lap slash rant? Oh my god! I, I mean, we you should do it because I think you were first with it. But you and I were were if you were first, I was second. We thought it was a bad idea from the beginning. It was stupid and it was dumb. And oh my god, was it stupid and dumb? And everybody hated it. And it caused how many backstage fights were a result of these stupid ass interim titles? Joe, you take the victory lap. It's all yours. Go ahead, Tony. I know you hear this sometimes. Do I think Tony Khan is? refreshing his podcatcher every Friday morning for the flagship. I don't do, do I think he's heard this show? I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I think people uh, in that company hear this show? They do Tony. I'm telling you enough with the interim titles, how much more stress and controversy and nonsense. These stupid interim titles have to cause you employ pro they do them in all boxing. They do them in boxing, Joe. <laughs> They're all crazy. They all have egos. It's caused problems in the women's division. It's caused problems, you know, massive problems. And, you know, with this scenario we're talking about, enough with the interim titles. You're hurt. You can't wrestle just either strip these people or don't. I don't care what you do. But no interim titles. It makes no sense, particularly in a worked sport, to have these interim titles. And now you're just pissing off half your locker room. They got to go. This has to be the learning lesson where it's like, okay, now I know why nobody has done this in the history of wrestling because it's a terrible idea. And the egos in the locker room can't handle it. They stink. They got to go. And I was right. And much like Roman Reigns, I demand people acknowledge me. I was right about the interim titles. 
Like I'm right about most things. They stink. You have anything to add, Rich? Because I know you you feel the same way. No, I, I just yeah, it was it's it's again. Remember all those conversations we talked about this day one when they first announced interim title. When the first time that they uttered the phrase interim title, we on this show said, "Ugh, Tony, don't don't do it. Just strip them, keep them with the title." And the first one wasn't even that long. We were like, "If the guy's only going to be out like a couple weeks or whatever, a month or two, that's fine. Just like let him." Let him rehab and come back. There's no need to do this interim title thing. And just a, just what a fucking disaster. <laughs> the, first one, the, the first one was Cody had COVID. <laughs> right. He came back in a week. We're like, he'll be back in two weeks. He'll be back in a week. Chill out, brother. It's okay. It was either him or it was either him or someone in his family. Either way, he had a COVID issue. Right. And he had to right? miss one defense. And it's like, that. that's okay. It's all right. It's fine. You know, or, I mean, or strip geez. them if you must strip them. You know, and New Japan does that. Hey, you missed the show because you're sick. You're stripped to the title. OK, I mean, that, that's a little extreme. Like, I don't think I would do that. I would just say, you know what? Cody can't make it to the show tonight because he's sick. He'll be back next week. OK, fine. <laughs> you know, and move on with our lives. It, it fucks up your booking to just strip. I understand that. But then you have a new built in storyline to work off of. So, which we said at the um, time was a great story. The guy comes back and goes, I never lost that title. I want a shot at that title. There you go. Boom. Got it. <laughs> it's good I, to go. I think the idea is if you put an interim title match on TV, it's a title match. So it's going to be on paper, pop a number. Sure. If you put an interim title match on a pay-per-view, it's a, it's a title match. Okay. So it might yeah. help pop a number, but is there any evidence that these interim title matches are, are drawing above and beyond to the point where it's worth the 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 stress on the other end of them that it <laughs> causes everybody hates him moxley very publicly said he hated it tony storm very publicly said she hated it uh it obviously confuses the fans it confuses the fans thunder rosa and that whole shit all was a result i mean there is so many things that have happened even if it popped uh, another fifty thousand people watching your show in a week it's not worth the hassle of all this that we've had where multiple fights as a result of these fucking interim titles just no you either miss a show you get stripped of the title you, you take a few weeks off or what i like we got to stop at the interim titles we, we 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 warned you we warned you you didn't listen Hopefully you'll listen now. Did not work. It was bad. You know, you can really spin all of this into there being a lot of heroes of this story. Okay. Punk, by agreeing to get squashed on TV. Okay. Uh, he saved the pay-per-view main event. That wouldn't have happened because Moxley would have walked. Mox, by agreeing to lose to Punk uh, after squashing him on TV. Same thing, right? Like, uh, like he he thinks he's the 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 hero of the story here so it's uh it's like there's a lot of people who can claim that hey i did the right thing you know i i was the bigger man i i i did business the way business is supposed to be done you know moxie's like moxie can say i did the job and then i resigned with the company yeah and punk should say i did this stupid rocky storyline it was a terrible idea and i saved the pay-per-view right so and that's where these things kind of get off the rails a lot of times because it's like Everyone thinks they're right. And everyone's making an argument that that they're right. So, um, you know, th th there's that aspect of it, too. And what my hope is, is this becomes even messier and more people decide to talk about this stuff. And we find out even more details because, you know, it's just enlightening when getting the punk side, whether you believe he's full of shit or not, just you could read between the lines, you can interpret things, you can get his perspective and then 
uh, it gives us a much fuller picture the more people come out and have things to say. And I'm sure Dave now will clarify his his side of things now that he's been called out by Punk. So um, this is pro wrestling, baby. This I love it. This is it. This is it. I, I, I said that in our Discord, but like... Whether you like it or not, this is the business, man. If, if you don't like this, then you don't like wrestling, man, because this is just what it is. This is the a carny, trash-ass business of everybody taking this dumb shit way, way, way too seriously. Way too seriously. And that's why we love it, because we take it way too fucking seriously. And it's dumb. It's pro wrestling. It's the stupidest shit ever. But this is why it rules. I love this stuff. I, anybody who doesn't love this, I'm sorry. This is the business. This is the real business. Enough of your Dolph Ziggler's and your Ali's and your I'm just happy to be here, guys. No, this is wrestling, baby. This is it. Backstage yeah. fights, injunctions. <laughs> like, this is the business, baby. Yeah, so... uh Ooh, I'm out of breath. I don't know if you heard that, but it's just ridiculous. Landscapers, out of control cats. Now I'm in the middle of trying to break this down, and I hear the one of the TVs in the den just like at full bore. So I, I quickly put myself on mute and ran up there while you were talking. I did not hear the it. Bl- the blind-ass dog hopped up on the couch, <laughs> stepped on the remote, turned the TV on, and also push the volume all the way to like ninety. <laughs> so <laughs> so well, I got well, uh, what, what were they watching? What was on TV? Uh, the uh, March Madness okay. time or whatever this go. is. Um, full blast! The dog is now cowering. He's <laughs> blind she, and she, thinks you're mad at her, even though I mean you're kind of you're not not mad at her, but you're you know it's not well, no, her fault. At the sound of this TV, oh that the TV scared her. Yeah, yeah. So I had to run up there and turn that off, and now she's following me back down. It's it's always something. <laughs> what a life! What opening yogurt, cats running around, <laughs> landscaping at a quarter to eight, blind dogs turning on the TV. I'm trying to feed it dogs carrots something. as the show's going on. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. We need we need to get a real studio here. We got we got to figure out a way to do this thing. We gotta get people working for us. We gotta get a real studio going here. Come on, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. And then every third show, I don't even in this one, I don't even talk. Every third show, TLB gets frisky. She comes down here and flashes me, <laughs> trying to taunt me. It's ridiculous. I guess you're, you're not totally opposed to that one, though. That one's okay. I mean, I'm not a listen. I don't hate it, but I'm saying like try to do a know, show here, try to do a professional operation. I'll look at those later. <laughs> We're an hour and 45 minutes into a three-hour and 15-minute podcast, and I, I can't be thinking about titties. <laughs> you know? It's too long to go. I'm an animal, Rich. I'm hard to contain. Um, Especially if you, got a, if you got a Rhino 1000 in you. But that, uh, yeah, listen. You know, you got to keep them in the drawer. You never know when they come in handy. Um. Got anything else on this punk mocks? No, I, I think, think we did a great job. That I was think we did a segment. fantastic job there. Yeah, covering all yes. angles, giving every, uh, giving the details, bang by bang, minute by minute uh, details throughout the whole thing. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we caught everybody up. Uh, we'll see, uh, of course, what happens uh, in the days uh, uh, leading up or the days prior. Uh, this, like you said, my hope 
is that we've ripped the bandaid off and now people are just going to talk about this, which is, is, is probably in the end going to be better for everybody just to get this shit out of here because it's been such this weird cloud and the, it kind of went away when the elite came back and it was like, all right, the punk things. But it was always this weird thing of like, well, still that guy. Like, what what did is he coming back? Like, what's going to happen? And, and you, you I'll admit you had a, a little bit of a, a an inkling because you said, hey, you know what? There's there's some punk stuff going on where he's talking about the Steve Kern book and and I oh I, I guess I should point that out because we kind of glossed by that because that's not the important uh, thing here. How do you interpret this? So Dax Harwood, again, I'm gonna call him Dax. I'm not calling him bald anymore because until you get that cut, uh, told Fightful Select, quote, in recent conversations with CM Punk, Punk has said reading Steve Kern's book has made him miss wrestling. So there's, there's the one. And then Punk put out a post, I believe, on Instagram that said, great story about Gator and Coco fighting in the locker room, and then Lawler drags them in an office the next day, and they squash it. Fascinating. Now, how do you read that Punk statement there? Do you think that's him well, saying, this- hmm, maybe I should get in the room with these guys and squash it, or is it him saying, hmm, real leaders, you know, bring everybody in the room and squash it. Tony wasn't a real leader because that I, I don't know if I'm on the former or the latter there. Well, this is what precipitated Dave talking about punk wanting to come back on audio. So, um, you know, Dave must have it on authority that punk wants to come back. And I think um, punk has been dropping little subtle hints and things like that as well. So I, I think it means that punk does want to come back. Um, you know, the question is. And I guess we could talk about this. Um, you know, who does he have to talk to? Who does he have to apologize to? What does he have to do to atone in order to come back? <laughs> well, not right? what he did today. I'll and, tell you that. What he did today, probably not the right path. No. I mean, you know, <laughs> throwing Jericho under the bus, throwing Mox under the bus. So he might have a longer list of people. <laughs> He's got he to apologize, apologize to a few to. more people now, for sure. Um, Tony, he threw Tony Khan under the bus, yes. saying he wanted him to work injured. So, um, yeah, I mean, and 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 maybe this is why, you know, Meltzer's stance is is uh, that he wouldn't do it. I think Unless he said, like, in really, an extreme case, if we absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely need to pull the, you know, break the glass in case of emergency, call CM Punk. Until then, we're probably not calling the guy. Warner Brothers Discovery says that we need to average X amount of viewers over the next four months or we're, or we're out of here. Yeah, you, you call up CM Punk and you give him whatever he wants. Um, that, that's kind of the scenario that Dave is talking about. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and we know that this isn't over. I mean, you know, we're doing this live on Thursday. There's going to be more to this. But, um, you know, it, 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 but but again, if it's a, it's a scenario where he just has to go around and apologize to a bunch of people, and as long as those people are satisfied with what he does to atone, I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, he's got to do something publicly because he's the one that runs around saying that the apology has to be as loud and public as the disrespect." <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah, <laughs> right. But <laughs> and 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 I get that, like throwing his own words back at him. I I totally understand that. I get it. It's a gotcha, but. If he apologizes privately to all parties involved who require one in order for him to get his job back, I don't think he needs to say anything publicly. In fact, at that point. Oh, hell no. No, I I don't want him to say anything public. I want to make some fucking money off this thing. Correct. If all parties are satisfied with with his atonement, it would be a bad move to then make him do something publicly because you want people to think that there's heat when he comes back. And that's that's the new work because people don't believe the old work. 
So if everyone's truly happy with, with, you know, if he's contrite and he apologizes to everyone he needs to apologize to, uh, yeah, he's breaking bread with fucking with mocks and he's, he's hanging back at, he's hanging out with TK again. And he's, uh, he's sharing good times with the elite uh, in this fantasy world that I'm building <laughs> I'm just, here. I'm just imagining and, this with like rainbows in the background and like tulips yeah. everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're skipping through saying, a grassy, you know, field. And da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> if, if, if all of those people are happy with that, yeah. fuck no, you don't make them do anything public because that, impl- that then everyone knows that, that, that the, that the hatchet is buried and it, people don't need to know that as long as it is, that's all that matters. And then it's easier to make money off of it. That's just fans in this sort of, and I think we've been fair about this. We, we bury anyone involved in this when necessary. We, we, and, and in this last segment, we've looked at all angles and possibilities of what all this stuff can mean, but that's just let that that's elite fans wanting a pound of flesh. That's what that is. And that would be the Yeah, they, they want the embarrassment business. of punk hat in hand saying, yes. I'm sorry, but we don't no, I want to make some money. I don't care about that. Now, now listen. Now I, I will say this. If the people that require an apology want him to do it publicly, then he has to do it publicly. That's the see, I want to be clear here. Okay. If the idea is Tony Khan says to him, Well, you humiliated me at that presser. You put me in a no-win situation, so uh, we can do business again, and I would love to put all this behind us, but you need to publicly address this. Well, now he has no choice. You call a presser, and Punk has to eat shit for 15 minutes behind a microphone and and do what he has to do to come back. But um, what I'm saying is, if the people involved are okay with private apologies, you're not, I, I, you don't, he's not required to give a public one. I don't care what he said. You know, now we're just playing pound of flesh games and I, that business will come before that. So I don't know. Where do you stand on it? No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I think that the best thing that everybody could possibly do is get in a room. Like literally, if you got to get them all in a room, that's fine. Get every single person that's been wronged, every person that's angry or whatever, sit them down and just say, all right. If do we all want to make money? If we don't, then that's fine. If we all want to come together, we can do this and we can make a lot of money with this. And this can be a great story. This can be an all-time great story in pro wrestling history. But I need everybody to buy in and you don't have to like each other. You don't have to get along. All I'm asking for is X amount of time to get this story across, and then all of us can go, we can all do whatever we want afterwards. We can all go our separate ways or whatever. But we all gotta get in this room and we need to agree that we're gonna be cool with it. And if we're all cool with it, let's go for it. And this doesn't leave this room. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't leave this room. You can tell the other AEW employees or whatever, but tell them this doesn't leave the room either. Because I think the best thing you could possibly do with this story is not make it public and let people think that this guy is truly angry, that everybody hates each other and everybody's angry or whatever. Because like you said, the old work, it, it, that's got to be the new work. The new work does not work anymore. you got to go back to the old stuff where people think that they're smarter than they are. People think they know everything. They think yeah. they know the inside, but they don't. They don't truly know it, and that is how you can do this story and do it well and get it to its max, whatever it's going to be. So, yeah. Yeah, he probably, he probably has to be a heel in that scenario. Oh, God, fine. yes. Yeah, yeah, because he's going to come out and... and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't. I think he would. I mean, the the tenor around has been mostly anti CM Punk, fuck CM Punk chance, You know, multiple places, well, he, and that's good. And that's saying, advantageous, if, I think, to AEW. If he if he wasn't a heel, he he can make himself one quickly. Yes, because he's CM Punk. He's he's very that, good. He's a very easy man to hate <laughs> in both storyline and, story and has, in real life. Yes. 
Well, plus he has all this material to work with. I mean, it'd just be simple to turn yeah. the crowd on him. And it, and optimally, he'd be a heel everywhere, and he'd be a babyface in Chicago. That would be optimal. You know, and you have that Bret Hart dynamic, which that would be phenomenal. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and and if 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 he has to do it publicly in order for this to work, then then you know, then I guess he has to do it publicly. That and and if they need him to apologize to the whole locker room the way that the elite allegedly did, reportedly did, then maybe he needs to apologize to the whole locker room. You know, and I, I would have, um, if the I'm thing them, is, I think the smarter thing is to have him apologize to the locker room, but not apologize publicly. I don't think you need that. You don't need the Twitter scalp. You know, fuck that. Who needs that shit? That's so dumb. Nah, that, no, 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 no. The the adults in the room understand that you don't need that. You know, if if, if I think that um, now look again, if, if Tony Khan feels deeply insulted by his behavior at the presser and and wants him to atone publicly, I understand that. I, I get it. But if the private apologies are enough, I, I don't think you owe the public anything in terms of a public apology that that's nonsense no now if we're all getting along now now we're getting back to working the public right we're yeah we're all in together to work the public that that's what this that's what this business is supposed to be you know what i mean like that that's that's what it's supposed to be it's not meant to be you know uh we're buddies with the fans no no no. the the idea is we're all in this together professional lying to you about this thing and we want to get your money Give us your money so you can watch us do what we do. That, that's the goal. Not we're buddy-buddy, we're friends. Here's a Twitter scalp. Here's a bunch of likes and some back pats and a retweet or whatever. That shit, leave that shit out of here. Fuck that. I don't want that. No. So one last wild scenario. Is it possible? We have never done this. We have never gone down this road. Is it possible that this is all an elaborate work with this new reality show coming? And peaking that reality show with the presser and the fight and then parlaying that because this is all starting to percolate at a very odd time when this reality show is coming and they're dropping hints that we're going to see stuff from that night right so are we starting to peak all this shit from when the reality show drops and then we're gonna build the reality show to that big climatic night and then kind of work punk in back at that point are they all now I'm not saying that everything from the start was a work that would be preposterous, but has this all been put to bed? What do you think? Rick? <sighs> I don't, I, I, I can't get with that. I know that some people still have that thought and I know it, the way you lay it out there isn't impossible. Like it's not like the way you lay it out there. I'm like, ah, but there's a lot of moving parts there. I, I don't know. I just don't, to me, I don't know what, I don't know if that could be, benefit enough to make it a I don't you know what I, I don't know the here's why I say no. the correct way to articulate it but I don't think it's worth all of this work to pop some numbers for this reality show and piss everybody off and yeah yeah because here's the thing too you know you need Dave to post on his message board to get punk to post it's just too much involved that's what I'm saying and, there's a lot of moving parts here that gotta go in, and in, there's in so sync much of it perfectly that's, and so much of it is is kayfabe breaking stuff like, oh, I won't job to him. And and that's just not the look. I know it's kind of a meta promotion, but that kind of fourth wall stuff, they they've they've tiptoed to it, but they haven't really completely gone down that road. And I think it would be weird to base something worked off of a bunch of guys not wanting to do jobs to each other. 
you know, we're really in Russo territory. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're okay. we're we're New Blood Rising, where the main event is neither guy, none of the three guys want a job, and who's going to do the job? <laughs> Come watch New Blood Rising. Guess what? Nobody watched New Blood Rising because nobody gives a shit about guys arguing about who's going to do the job because it fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like that, that thought, stuff's garbage. I, yeah, I, absolutely. But I thought it was worth at least because I see some people who yeah. Know, so in so in mind. that scenario, the problem with that scenario is okay. You're either li- lying to Dave. And I don't know if that's a really that's good road a to go down. That's a horrible idea. That's a terrible idea, idea. A bad road to go down. Throw Dave's involved in this, which is not, I mean, that's not. Yeah, preposterous. That's, preposterous. And, and then also, like, you're just pissing on your fans. You know what I mean? You're just, you're doing, again, you're doing the Russo shit where you're just, you're just pissing yeah. on your fans. And it's, there's no, there's never been, there's been one time in history where, where, but even that, no, I, I'm trying to say the Montreal Screwjob, but no, that, that again, that wasn't, it was all shoots. So, no, there's no way, every time you try to do, like, worked shoots fucking stink. They always suck. They never result in any tangible movement in business. So, no, terrible. Just, no, I, I, I would hope not. I would truly, I would be disappointed in all parties involved if I found out it was work. And I just think there's too many moving parts, too many things that have to come together, too many things that have to be just precise and perfect for it to be the case. So I don't know why this timing, like you said, it is very fortuitous timing. I don't think that it, I, I don't think it could be that there's again, too many things that have to come together for it to be that just for this dopey little reality show that honestly, they're probably fine with that. Eh, we get 200,000, 300,000 people. Fine. Cool. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't imagine that all this is to pop a couple of numbers on that TV show and they care that much to do that. I, I don't know that that's me personally. The other conspiracy part of it is that the reason Tony Khan refuses to ever say anything about any of this is so is that if it is all a work, you can't come back and say, oh, well, you know, you you were working us this whole time. How dare you? He can have plausible deniability and say, I never said a word. But again, that's just as deceitful to me to where I would think that reporters and media people would never be able to trust him again. I mean, you know, it's uh. It's lying by omission is really what what it is at that point, you know. But anyway, I it's ridiculous. I, I don't buy it either. Um, but we've seen dumber things, so <laughs> we certainly um, have in wrestling. Yeah, that, that you, it, you would think that these all of these people would be too smart um, to go down that road. Uh, do you want the breaking news, Rich? Uh, yeah, let's go. Breaking news. There we go. Breaking. I can't do it anymore because this fucking mic doesn't play my my uh i can always play it if you if you if you ever need it let me know i can i can do that the the thing about it though is part of the The idea is to catch you off guard the charm right so if you tell me catching you off right 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 i guess you could tell me hit the breaking news i could have it ready to go and you could say hit the breaking news audio but that's fine go ahead what do you got it's 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 uh we'll give it we'll give it we'll give it a shot (laughs) okay i don't even what's your breaking i don't even remember the breaking news audio it's playing right now can't hear it. You you can't be serious. I can't hear it. Nope, nothing. I'm holding it up against. The I can't mic. hear it. I no dope chat room chime in when you get to it. I'm telling you, I can't hear it. Not even the faintest. Not even the 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 faintest sound of music. How is that possible? It's that a great my mic. Voice- it's a great mic. But wh- how does the mic know the difference in the in the in the sound? How do they know my mouth isn't making that sound? How does the mic know? Good that? mic, smart mic, AI. It's probably AI. Yeah, but what if I was like Michael Winslow, and I could make 
incredible sounds with my mouth like that. How does the mic not know that Andrew Rich is the only person who's going to pop for that reference, by the way? How does the how does the mic not know that I wasn't singing that little Breaking News right, audio right. song? I think people know saying? Police Academy. You act like, no, I mean, I know. Yeah, anyway. You think half of the dopey No, none of these dopes. They don't know who the Beatles are, for God's sake. So Have any idea who Michael Winslow is? Give me a break. Um, anyway, here's your breaking news. Announced for the ROH pay-per-view, Vikingo versus Commander. Vikingo versus Commander. All right. Um, I think that'll draw <laughs> some a money. fucking match, yeah. That's going to draw some money, I think. Um, for the For the Mega title? I don't know. Okay. The, the chat room will tell you. <laughs> Great. Great breaking they, news. They audio. all watch Bring them on. <laughs> Great um, breaking news audio here. I have another match for you. <laughs> all right. What do you got? The Reach for the Sky, boy, ladder match. You want the participants? Uh, I love the participants. Yeah. Who we got? Uh, the Kingdom, uh, Aussie Open, Top Flight, Roosh and Dralistico. And the Lucha Brothers. So there you go. Ooh, okay. Five teams. Five teams. That's a lot of flying. That's gonna. That's a fucking hell of a show, man. Good lord. Bodies flying around. Blowing. Yeah, be, yeah, that, I think we. I think we got our winner for uh, the Hitchcock. I mean, the Hitchcock show is great too, but god damn, that's a. Uh, that might be, the show of the weekend right there. Holy crap. The, uh, Vikingo Commander match is in fact. For the AAA mega title. Okay, the very prestigious AAA mega title, of course. Very prestigious, which was not on the line last night at Dynamite. A match that I already talked about behind the paywall on the Thursday Dynamite review. And Rich, people uh, want to know what you thought of the Vikingo Kenny Omega match. So this is as good a time as any. To, for you to discuss that. Yep. So the floor is yours. Let's do it. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. And 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 you talked about it on your uh, the, the the Thursday Dynamite review, uh, flagshippatreon.com, by the way, five dollar tier. Uh, that I, and I kind of agree with you as well. That it, I came in with very high expectations of how the match was going to appear and how it was going to look. And 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 I've seen Vikingo many times. I've seen him live. I've seen Kenny Omega many times. I've seen Kenny Omega live. Like these are two of the all time all time great like. In terms of high flying and in terms of how they put together matches and the spectacular stuff that they can do, two of the best going right now for sure. Kenny Omega probably the best, one of the best all time. Fikingo, he's going to have a couple years to get there, but but he's definitely on that trajectory. But even with that said, I I was still a little bit blown away by what they were able to do, how smooth it was all able to be laid out, how they just built and built and built and built. And I think the thing that I I, I was most surprised about is how Fikingo came out and immediately was over like hell like he they they did the thing that all the dopes and all the corn cobs were saying they couldn't do is just say hey this guy's really fucking good and he's gonna wrestle on wednesday and trust us when we call it a dream match this guy's really fucking good and if you don't know who he is you're gonna find out because the guy's really fucking good and if you do know who he is you know that he's really fucking good so just come and watch it on wednesday on dynamite and that crowd was like all right this guy looks you know and he came out and he looked like a million bucks he had the helmet he had he looked good he had all those sort of things and he also held a title. And I made this point in our Discord, and, and, and I'll make it here as well. 
for people that don't know who this guy is or don't know anything about AAA and just know, hey, here's a spectacular wrestler or whatever, they built this guy up like, hey, this guy's awesome. This guy's great. Excalibur is running through his credentials. And then the guy comes out with a big, giant belt. And that might not mean a lot to a bunch of people, but I know when I was a kid and I was watching wrestlers that I'd never seen before, if they came out with a big, giant gold belt, I said, wow, that guy's a champion. That guy must be really good if he's a champion. Now, again, you don't need to know the history of the triple that triple A does not give a shit about their titles, that the mega title doesn't matter that much. It doesn't really matter because what they told you is when he came out, they said Kenny Omega used to hold that title. If that title looks familiar to you, that's because that's the title that Kenny Omega used to come out with. And that was one of the big time title matches with and and, and they, they made that title important in that moment. And they made Vikingo important in that moment, too, because he comes out. He looks like a million bucks. He's got good music. He holds a title. He doesn't look like a geek. He doesn't look like a dork. He looks like a star. And then the bell rings and he well, it doesn't even the bell doesn't even ring. Kenny Omega. And I love that. I thought that was masterful about it, too. Kenny Omega's coming down to the ring and you instantly just say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go right to 10. And Vikingo dives out of the ring and takes Kenny out as he's as he's making his way to the ring. And from that point, for the next 17 minutes, they just fucking went to town and the crowd went nuts. Everything went wild. And then, you know, coming back and seeing today the ratings for it, it was like that even blew away my expectations because I did sort of buy into a little bit of the, ah, you know what? Yeah, I don't know if a bunch of people are going to really start watching this match or, or, or checking out Dynamite because of Vikingo if they don't know who he is yet. I, even, even I was too pessimistic about it because it did incredible ratings because they said, hey, one of the all-time great wrestlers uh, ever is going to face one of the best wrestlers in the world right now on Dynamite on free TV. Come and watch it. And people did. People in droves said, ah, you know what? I'm going to watch that. So <laughs> more power to him. The match delivered big. Vikingo is absolutely fucking incredible. Kenny, I I don't know if Kenny's getting enough credit for this match too. Kenny is so goddamn good at at every aspect of pro wrestling. Anytime Vikingo did a move to him, Kenny made sure that when he sold, he flew back 10 feet. He flew back 15 feet. He did a double flip. He did a double. He made sure that all of Vikingo's offense looked like a million bucks. Like he just made it look so, so good. And Vikingo just had to do crazy stuff. And, and yeah, Kenny doesn't have to do that. Kenny doesn't have to go out on a dynamite and make sure that some guy who just, you know, appeared on the show and, and for all we know, might never appear, even though we know he's probably going to appear uh, again or whatever. But at that moment, we don't know if Viking was going to be a regular on AEW dynamite. Like Kenny Omega can just say, ah, you know what? Yeah. You know, you, you do your six thirty and do this and do that. And then, yeah, I'll hit the V trigger in the one ring and we'll call it a day or whatever. No, he goes out there and busts his ass to have a really, really good back and forth 17 minute match to make that guy look like a million bucks and make the crowd say, whoa, Oh, hold on. This guy's really damn good, and he might actually beat Kenny Omega. And we had a few really, really close 2.9 spots in that match as well. Uh, that 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 just that popped me too, where I was like, Holy shit, Vikings gonna win this match. I can't believe this. And of course, when Kenny did win, it was like, Yeah, all right, that's that's the best way to end this match. That's how it should go. But but Kenny is so good that he did have me buying in that he is so unselfish. He's like, Ah, fuck it, Vikingo, beat me. Make yourself a star in one night. But regardless of, of beating him or not, Vikingo made himself a star. So um it was great. It was just absolutely great. And and now you have, if they ever do a rematch, if I can, can get a win back or whatever, they can do this match a, a hundred more times and it's going to be great uh, every single time. So um, just, just awesome stuff. Just great, great stuff there. Uh, I hated it though. I went four and a half stars. So uh, clearly I, I did not like it despite the last five minutes where I just talked about how great it was, but uh, yeah, it was really good. I, I think these guys probably have a better match in them, but uh, yeah, it, it, it blew away all my expectations in terms of how it delivered in ring. Uh, how the crowd reacted to it, and then, of course, how the ratings came in. So uh, across the board, I was just blown away by everything. Yeah, I mean, I, it couldn't have gone any better for Vikingo. 
you know, his performance was he didn't mess anything up either. I was that was the one worry I had is like, all right, I love my Kingo, but I've seen him. I've seen him slip on ropes or so often or I've seen him do a dive and it doesn't quite work out because he does insane shit that shouldn't work. Like he, he, he destroys physics like the stuff he does. He hit everything perfectly. Yeah. And with and with the nature of the tribalism, people were just licking their chops for him to stink. And he was incredible. And I feel and it's been a struggle to get him, you know, on this show. And it's been a struggle to put this match together with Kenny Omega. And I really feel good for him as a person that he was really able to nail his performance so spectacular. I mean, he looked great. And let's not leave Kenny out of this. What a tremendous base that he was in this match. And um, everywhere he was supposed to be, uh, everything Vikingo did was safe, yet looked incredible. Um, you know, Kenny was out. And, and like you said, Kenny did everything in his power to make sure that the guy got over and got all and, and got all his shit in and looked spectacular in doing so. Dropping himself on his and, neck, too, man. They do that hurricane run, and Kenny just lands right on his fucking head. And it's like, God that damn. That spot you're talking about with the backward, like like the, the poison Rana, off, like the backward. I can't even describe it. Where he comes. We're, we're both talking about the same spot. But, I mean, you know, Kenny's positioning there is so key, too. You know, where he's where Vikingo's coming backwards off the middle turnbuckle and landing on Kenny's shoulders and then right into the poison. I mean, it's just, man, it was just incredible. And uh, and Kenny deserves a ton of credit. Uh, Vikingo, good for him. He's going to crush it with Commander. Um, and the one thing I was looking to to see how he came across on big-time Major League Television. And I knew that his, as a smaller guy, his size was going to be something he'd have to overcome with his charisma and his performance. And he did. Okay. Because I don't think anybody was watching this match by the end and thinking, man, that guy's really small. They were thinking, man, that guy's really spectacular. Right. And I just, and I just saw someone do things that no one has ever done in pro wrestling before, you know, especially if you've never seen him before and rich, we've seen him a million times. He did some things in this match I've never seen. Him That's before. when I say that I was blown away. I was blown away because I was like, "All right, we're going to get all the Vikingo hits or whatever." And those hits are incredible, by the way. I just saw him live yeah. uh, at Dreamwave uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and that's a room where he entered, and there's probably, I don't know, 200 people in that room, 300 people in that room. He came out, nobody knew who he was. Me, the Swink, and like three other people were like clapping. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew who Vikingo was at all. And then the when he the swing he was there the swing was there I didn't meet him though I, I wasn't know. with him though so that, that's my Newman he's my Newman <laughs> he is your Newman let, let me do my bit swink <laughs> but uh, um but then when the match is over the entire play it, they're just jumping up and down they're screaming for this guy and I was like that dude just owned this room in 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 ten minutes came out there and owned this room got you know please come back please come back Viking oh Viking oh Viking oh and then like intermission happened and I, I and people were like running downstairs to see if they could get shirts or mer- merch or whatever he didn't have any merch he didn't even go down, I don't even think he was down there uh, at, at, at intermission or whatever but like he had just grabbed that entire audience right there and so like I've seen and then like, again I've seen a bunch of matches that he's had. And even then on this dynamite, he busted out stuff that I've never, ever, ever, ever seen before. Probably because he's in there with a guy who's as good as, as Kenny Omega is that can do all that stuff as well. And Kenny's saying, hey, no, fuck him, man. Do everything you can do. Let's what what can you what do you think your body can do? Let's do it. Cause let's make you a star on this night. But but that's where I say that that is where it really stood out to me. That is where it really was like, holy crap, this guy is even better. This even blew away my expectations. And I had very high expectations. 
Yeah, and you know the whole dream match stuff. I mean, we all knew it was going to deliver in the ring. I mean, we knew that, and you know it was obviously not misclassified at all as a dream match by Tony Khan because it was a dream match for a large segment of the hardcore fan base. And I think um, there's nothing wrong with labeling it as such because it's a dream match to people like us and the people listening to our show. And then it makes everybody else take notice who might not know who he is. They might go, Oh, wait a minute. Why are they calling this a dream match? Right. And then it makes those people pay attention. And I think we just, all of us give way too much oxygen to the dumbest among us. God, we, God, yes, we do. God, yes, we do. And, and we just gave them, and it's hard. I understand it's hard. I get it. Okay. Um, but now there's no counter argument to the classification of this as a dream match from any point of view. Cause then the match drew the match drew it, bucked all quarter hour trends that dynamite had seen over the last few weeks, the last few dynamites had dropped like a stone in the second hour, in particular, the back end of the second hour. And as we know, all these wrestling shows die in the second hour and in the, in the raw, in the case of raw, the third hour, they all drop. Maybe not, maybe die is not the right word, but dynamite had been dying in the second hour and particularly those last two quarter hours uh, in recent weeks. And not only did that not happen last night, the show grew. It grew when this match hit the ring. And I'm dying to see the minute by minutes. And, you know, and 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 this this match was not only incredible in the ring and delivered just like we thought it would and lived up to the hype as a dream match from that point of view, but it also popped the number and was the number one key contributing factor to why the show did a .33 this week. Coming off a week where they were going up against March Madness games, you knew they were going to bounce back to some extent, but this was more than I thought it would do. And I look, I wasn't sure the match would draw, but it did. Especially being in that spot. Like, I kind of wondered, ah, they're going to start the show off with this. And that was a little bit of an interesting... I had that in the back of my mind of like, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to just start the show off with this. Like, it might be... Because once you get to the back of the show, like you said, it's just the, the way the trend goes. is like people just get tired, they go to bed, they, you know, whatever. And we've seen that time and time again. Or we've seen that a lot recently. Unless they put a big, big, big thing in that second hour, like, it, it just kind of dro- drops off. But yeah, it's didn't... It, carried and it, it it had momentum so it's awesome and they might have something with this guy we'll see and that's why i say i think putting him on the roh pay-per-view is such a good move right because um I, you know I, it looks like i was wrong i thought when these roh pay-per-views rolled around that we'd see more of an roh presence on the tv because how the fuck else are you supposed to sell them we really haven't i haven't seen anything but Tony was sneaky. He knew he was going to put this guy in the pay-per-view against Commander. So who do you have on TV to last? He features Commander on the pay-per-view mm-hmm, and he features mm-hmm. uh you know Vikingo in this match here against Kenny. And then, you know, he blasts out that these two spectacular athletes that you just saw, who do things that no one else can do, will be facing each other on the ROH pay-per-view. So it's kind of a backdoor way to promote your pay-per-view. And then as you know, we'll see next week if and, and you know if there's what is the exact date? I guess it's next weekend. So they have uh, Supercard of Honor is on the thirty first. Everything's next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So Probably the thirty first. Um 
they've got another week of TV to see if they, you know, what else they do. Cause they really haven't done much of anything. I mean, it's been all Twitter and these little sneaky ways of, but, but I, what I'm trying to say is I do think that match is going to draw some buys. Do I think it's going to draw a substantial amount of difference making buys? No, but do I think that there are some people who watched the Viking all last night and remember commander from the pay-per-view and they're like, shit, I'd love to see those guys. Uh, yeah. And do I think that there's a segment of the hardcore fan base the people that listen to us who may not have bought the ring of honor pay-per-view otherwise who were like, Oh no, I have to see that. Yeah, I do. I do think there's people. Oh, for sure. That. For sure. Uh, especially on such a busy weekend. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, the, the super ground of honor is probably on its own little time, but yeah, like now it's a, it's a must see show for even hardcore wrestling fans. Like it's, it, it's, you're not going to miss that thing. You're going to miss <laughs> by King and commander. Yeah, let like, let me tell you something with Davy Richards canceled and will Ospreay injured. This is the match of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is the match you circle. This is the best on paper match WrestleMania weekend is Viking overs commander at Supercard of Honor. This is it. Because Will Ospreay, Mike Bailey is out. Davy Richards, John Moxley is out. I mean, WrestleMania yeah, Kota, weekend. Bushi and, and, and Mike Bailey that a lot of people said that that's on Bloodsport too. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, it might be great, but it might also not be great. It's on Bloodsport. If it, yeah, look, I'm not saying there's no other attractive matches, right? Like what I'm saying is now this is clearly the highlight. Match. It's circled right now as like, okay, this has a very, very good chance to be the match of the weekend. As Dan Greenspan points out, commander was on dynamite. I got confused because they did the, the, Sonic ring match on Dynamite. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right. they had both guys in front of a million people. On 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 their main TV, yeah. Which is, again, my point is the same, except now it's strengthened, because I forgot. I associated that match with the pay-per-view because it was the for the dopey Sonic ring. But, um, yeah, but to me, this is, the, this is the match of the weekend now. It has to be. I mean, th- there's nothing else there. I mean, this was a bad WrestleMania weekend to begin with, and it got significantly worse when two of the best wrestlers have now been taken off of it. And for those that like to do clips and, and transcripts, no, I'm not saying that, yes, Davey Richards deserves to be off the weekend, just to be clear. I know our listeners know that I think that, but, Rich, you know I have to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not arguing that Davey should be wrestling. <laughs> right, right. That's, but, I'm, I, I, but the point is, two of the key performers, two of the high, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the superstar performers of the weekend, Will Ospreay and David Richards are now off what was already a very rough looking weekend. Let's be honest. Doesn't look great. Does not look great. Doesn't yeah. Look we'll, great. we'll be doing a lot of preview content next week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on the flagship and then also uh, on the main voice wrestling podcast feed, you'll have our annual uh, WrestleMania weekend preview shows. And uh, yeah, by and large, not great. I it's it's not great. There's there is some gems here and there, but there's a lot of muck. There is a lot of muck, and I thought we would kind of reduce the muck uh, over the years, and I we the muck is only gained in 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 uh, in power because yeah, you got to really sift through stuff. But yeah, Supercard of Honor sticks out like a sore thumb right now in terms of just like and and it, it oh, largely did last listen, year. That's gonna be the best show. It, lar- the best show. It, it largely did last year, and it's gonna be very clearly to me right now uh, the 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 top show. Certainly a Friday, probably of the entire weekend. I mean, the, the impact. Hey, look, it's going to be the impact. Wait, like, yeah. We're going to watch them all. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it, it, you know, we're going to sit down and watch those fucking game changer shows. 
we're, we're going to sit down and watch all those little one hour circle strip shows. Uh, no, I don't know what me. the hell that Who's is. Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? I ain't watching those things. Are you, <laughs> fucking, are you fucking kidding me? Get out of here. I, listen, I'm gonna, I watched everything last year. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to, well, we'll figure it. Me and you have to figure it out. Yes. We, we, we have a plan in place. And, so you are going to get audio content during WrestleMania weekend. We promise you that. So last year I did the audio roll ups each night of WrestleMania weekend, right? Wednesday through Sunday. I yep. did audio to wrap up each, each day. I, I, I reviewed all the shows from each day and then talked about the news and all of that. We're going to do something similar. We just haven't figured out exactly what the battle plan is. Uh, there may be some live instant reactions in the mix for some of these shows. Right. But, ROH might be one of them. Correct. But you're going to get WrestleMania weekend content every night of the, I think that's safe to say. Yes, we're every some night. Kind of content. Some of it featuring both of us, maybe some of it only one of us, but we'll, we're, we're going to have you covered. We're going to have you covered. Yes. So I would suggest getting on the $10 tier because if we we're going to do live shows and those will be on the $10 tier. And if you're on the $10 tier, that will cover any of the recorded $5 shows that we do. Cause we'll probably do a mix of both, but just like last year, there will be content every day. So we're going to consume this stuff. Uh, Rich, I, I'm going to try to watch these one hour. <laughs> okay. Shows. All right. I'll, I will watch our good friend, Vinny Massaro's pro wrestling combine uh, from circle six. Yeah. Uh, you can S- circle six, mama cougars or mama Kogar's delicate flowers. That's all you baby. All right. Hoodfoots, crosses and, and, and caskets. That's all you baby. All right. Doesn't AJ Gray have one? Too? AJ Gray's got one. He's got he's got the power hour. AJ Gray's power hour at uh, two p.m. on uh, on Friday. Darn, I'll be working. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to watch that one, but I'll be working, so I'm not gonna be able to do yeah. that. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> Circle Six. <laughs> There's even more ridiculous one. Uh, oh, Thursday uh, on uh, three p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Lindsay Snow's Kaiju Cannabis Cup. All right, can I skip that's that all one? you that's all you pal you got it. you said you said you wanted to watch them there you go that's that's all you well it's only an hour right I guess um, and it's free allegedly <laughs> hopefully figure it out um all right so what else we got with this uh AE dub, I guess the Forbidden Door preset. Yeah, right? yeah, which so. seems like that happened like nine months ago, but uh, that was only <laughs> earlier this week. Uh, any worry about how AEW would draw going back to Canada or Forbidden Door would have enough demand as the first show? And oh, they, they we've seen New Japan and AEW. We're going to really want to watch them again. And uh, well, yeah, the, for sure. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported first day pre sales uh, generated over a million dollars in Canadian uh, dollars. There's about 730,000 in uh, US. So just under uh, a million US dollars, but a uh, million in Canadian. Canadian dollars. Uh, Russell Tix reports that over 12,030 tickets were distributed uh, already with the arena currently set up uh, for 13,600 and general ticket sales are going to start tomorrow. So the time we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow general tickets uh, are going to go on sale. Uh, Notable for context, WWE ran this arena in August of 2022 for an episode of Raw uh, and they drew 14,169. So you could definitely open this thing up a little bit more if they'd like, but very similar to probably last year's Forbidden Door. Sell the things you can now, and then if you're going to try to reduce the stage or whatever, which I would 
why not go for it reduce the fucking stage if you can, if you don't sell them you'll figure it out but reduce the stage see how much you can get in there because uh, that's a big that's big one day ticket sales right out of the gates already 12,000 uh, of the uh the the arena set up for 13,000 is pretty damn good right out of the gates for forbidden door uh, listen i think tony is way too conservative with forbidden door um i, I would have tried to run a stadium i'm not saying you run sofi in la with 100,000 seats but something uh, the size of Arthur Ashe or maybe a little larger. And if you have a few empties, you live with it. You know, I, I think I'd rather do the WWE strategy of let's run a building that might be a little too big for us, but sell as many tickets as possible, because I think you could do that with forbidden door. And as great as the show was last year, you knew people were going to want to go to it this year. Plus it's in Canada, which is a semi this is a pretty fresh market for them, and it's not a place they've been to a million times. Man, I would. It's a good. It's a good market for building. both companies too. I should. I should point. I think it's a good market for AEW yeah. and a very good market for New Japan as well. Yeah, and they're going to sell all thirteen six, and I think they would have sold more if they were in a slightly bigger building. And I think the show is going to be great. It's going to be better than last year because they're going to have more people available, so you're going to have bigger names on it. And if the show is great again, I'm going to repeat what I said a year ago. Forbidden Door has the best chance to be the flagship slash tent pole show of this company, which they are lacking. They're WrestleMania. They're bound for glory. They're Wrestle Kingdom. Okay? Uh, it's going to be Forbidden Door because it's the only one of the five that feels special. All Out doesn't feel any different than Double or Nothing, and those two shows don't really feel any more different than full gear or, or revolution. And and I think the idea was for maybe all out or double or nothing to become, you know, the, 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 the one you build towards. Right. But it just hasn't worked out that way. And we're, and we're almost half a decade in, it's not going to happen. It can happen with forbidden door because the only one that feels different and feels special. So start treating it as such. Right. And you can make this something Truly, truly, this can be your big yearly events. And if the counter argument is, all right, well, you might not have a partnership with New Japan forever. Then what? Who gives a shit? Once it's established, it's established. Then you're off and running. You know, once you establish something as your biggest show of the year, where all the big angles culminate and everything else, and you're going to have your best... Then it doesn't. Then the name does not matter anymore. WrestleMania is a stupid name. It, it, the name is irrelevant at that point. Then it doesn't matter. But I just think he's too conservative with it. I think he could have sold more tickets. Yeah, I think I think and, he's afraid to put that on sale and sell. You know, twenty. You know, eighteen thousand tickets or whatever to a forty thousand seat arena or whatever, a thirty thousand seat arena, and and having to you know really really have to drag and 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 scratch and claw to get that thing as filled as you can. And I, I yeah I, I get it. But I'm also I, I kind of see your stance too that it'd be nice to kind of stick your neck out and say you know what can we do this let's see if we can really do this and this would be the event to figure and that out the show to do it with right because they're almost sold out now and they haven't announced anything when they start announcing fucking Kazuchika Okada versus uh, whoever the fuck I mean you know then they're gonna sell more tickets you know what I mean it's like you're, you're selling you're, you're selling these buildings out blind before you eat before people even know who's on the fucking thing. And they didn't really last year was such a disaster with all that stuff that was out of their hands that they didn't even have a lot of dream matches. They didn't have any, they have a single 
AEW New Japan Dream Match on that show. None. And look how well it did. And look how well received it was. And look at the ticket sales this year. Nobody's saying, oh, man, we got that lame lineup last year. I'm going to wait this out. No, they bought all the fucking tickets again. And they're going to buy. And, and then you could sell more once you start announcing the matches and people see, oh, this is what Forbidden Door can be if everyone's available. And we don't have all these injuries. And we don't have, you know, whatever the fuck. So, I don't know. I think it's too conservative. Um, you know, but we'll see next year. Like, here's the thing. I'm not saying you run a 100,000-seat football stadium. But here's the other thing, too. They own a NFL football stadium. So don't come at me with, like, the rent or how much it's going to cost to run it. I mean, they own an NFL football stadium, and they own a soccer stadium. I mean, you can, why can't you run those? And then pack as many people in. And, and here's the other thing. They're NFL owners. They're buddies. You get the brother-brother discount on these other NFL stadiums if you need to. You can't tell me you can't cut a deal with one of these owners. Get in there on the cheap. But even if you can't, you own your own. You own two buildings. I, I don't know. It's too conservative. But, you know, it, it's, it's already massively successful. And you know it's going to do a good number once, you know, pay-per-view number. Once people see how great the lineup is. I mean... It's impossible for this year's lineup to not look better on paper than last year's. Day. I was going to say, barring like even more horrific, you know, luck. It, uh, by, but it, catastrophic. it would be catastrophic to have as much horrible luck as they had last year in booking that show. And, and, and just, it'd be, impo- it'd be, it would be, it, it would feel almost completely impossible or just like this show snow snake bitten. I'm on the opposite end. Let's never do the show ever again, because all we're doing is hurting people and it's a disaster and it sucks and we need it. But no, it, it, that, that, that for sure seems like a, 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 a the, the way to go it is, is, is book a good show. You're going to be able to book a, a lot more dream matches than you probably were able to book last year. The, the relationship is probably stronger than it was last year just because it worked out. It was successful. Uh, you, you know, there, there's a proof of concept there. And yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I understand the risk of running a giant, giant, giant stadium. But at some point, you're going to have to try it out. You know what I mean? At some point, you're going to have to rip that Band-Aid out. And, and, and you know what? It's called promoting. Uh, every week on TV, I'd have a 30-second ad with Excalibur saying coming whatever the fucking what's the date of this fucking thing august yeah sometime in august or whatever uh, or june or whatever july or who knows somewhere in somewhere in the summer as i I list every month in the summer yes (laughs) the dates are relevant i would have excalibur doing a 30 second ad read with highlights from last year every single tv between now and then uh, you know saying coming june 22nd forbidden door it's our trademark event it's gonna have dream matches up and down the car and you're not and build it like it's something special and bang it into people's heads that's what promoting wrestling is convincing people what you want them to think do it don't treat it like the other four because it has the potential to be bigger than the other four blast that shit out for months until people are tired of, of fucking hearing it this is our yearly event where all everything comes together and you get the dream matches you've always been waiting for this is the big one just do that and, 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 you know, make it happen. That's what promoting wrestling is. You know, because this thing is begging to explode. It really is, if you look at last year and this year. And, man, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a fear of running a 25,000 or 30,000-seat 30 30, seat building and, and quote-unquote, only putting 20,000 people in it or 21,000 people in it. 
and then people talking shit, but who cares? WWE doesn't care about that shit. They ran SummerSlam in, in a fucking football stadium and had half of it tarped off and didn't and never moved the camera to the other side of the building. You know, and, but but they sold as many tickets as they humanly could. And they made everyone think that they were that they filled up the, by the way that they shot it. You know, follow that lead by WWE. Don't put ambulances on your <laughs> don't have hangman page driving an ambulance. Yeah, don't have guys pointing at signs and yeah, asking for the double or nothing moments or whatever the fuck. Don't call three ways triple triple threat matches and don't have and don't do ripoffs of of tired attitude era uh angles with hangman driving an ambulance. That's the shit you don't want to copy from that company. What you want to copy is how they sell their tickets. So I'm, it's just a little frustrating. I Listen, full disclosure, the night of that show last year, I remember telling Tony Khan to run Soldier Field next year. I said that to him. I said, run Soldier Field. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all fired up. I got adrenaline from how great the show was. Yeah, pr- pretty soon you I, might be able to get that for a pretty good discount too. So I'm like, put that fucking thing in Soldier Field next year. You know? He didn't say anything he probably thought I was a maniac. <laughs> but that, that, that was my Not suggestion. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I think I got the old thumbs up emoji. Oh. Like, all, right. <laughs> all right, all right, pal. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the conversation's over. You know, the old that's yeah. the conversation ender when people, you know, they, you know, they slap the thumbs up on your fucking. Yeah, I, I acknowledge the, you, but I don't want to talk anymore. Okay, <laughs> right, that yeah. means yes, or the, the the thumbs up and the heart. If people slap the heart on yeah. a conversation, that's it. Conversation's over. I'm nodding in approval, maybe, but we're done. Yeah, thank you. I'm thank busy. You. I'm done with you. Leave me alone. That's you know, but you know. Anyway, yeah, obviously the show is uh, already a success, but I, I think that um, I think Dave Meltzer was saying something like he's seen some prospective matches they're talking about, and they just they look incredible. So, and I think they really want to put their best foot forward after the debacle that was last year, and with the show turning out as great as it was, um, you know, I can only imagine if some of those matches that it's almost a silver lining or a blessing in disguise that they didn't get to do a lot of the matches they wanted to do last year because the show was a massive success. Right. Anyway. Now you, now and, you still have more in your holster. It wasn't like you unloaded everything yeah. and went, well, fuck now what do we do next time? <laughs> like, no, you got several more matches that you can book up and down that card. And maybe we'd be having a different conversation where we'd be like, Oh man, but they did all these great matches last year. How can they top it? But not, but, but the, 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 the conversation we're having now is, Oh, they're definitely gonna have a better card even. And they're going to sell more. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, we might be saying, ah, oh, yeah, they should get a stadium. But, yeah, going to that arena, four years old company or whatever, New Japan, AEW, no matches and, and selling 12,000 tickets and probably selling that thing out by tomorrow. By the time most of you guys listen to this, that's still a fucking accomplishment. You know what I mean? Like, and and, and we said this last year with the United Center, like lop off that, that entranceway and, and sell every fucking ticket you possibly can. If WWE got to 14,000, uh, you can get to 14,000, too. Why not? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would have tried a bigger building, and um, you know, I, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, we should probably before we move on. I know we got a lot of other stuff to cover. Um, we should squeeze this in. There's this, uh, and because they want us to talk about it, this Canadian show that got moved, and they're advertising it as a television, a live television. Did you see this? On, uh, uh, no, no, yeah. What's this? 
let me see if I can grab because there's a poster making the rounds and I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, I think it's the, a show on, is it June 8th in Canada? July 8th. I'm seeing July 8th. Is that what it is? Yeah. July yeah, 8th. yeah. Um, but the show poster says it's a Saturday. Is July 8th a Saturday? Uh, I believe. Let me double check. I let's, let's, think that's correct, but let me make sure. July 8th is indeed a Saturday. So they moved this show to a Saturday, and the show poster says live television wrestling, bell time, 6 p.m. Central. Because mm. it's in Regina. Regina. Is it Regina? Manitoba. Regina? Is it Regina? Do you know that for a fact? It's, I don't want it's you to. 1,000% Regina, because I obviously remember that for obvious reasons. <laughs> right. Because I'm. Because I'm a child and it rhymes with, you know, yeah. vulva. But, um, it, yeah. Volvo. Go on. Volvo. Yeah. Volvo. Uh, you're a fan of the Volvo. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. Enjoy about it. the labia? You enjoy the labia? <laughs> Everything. All the parts, Rich. You enjoy all, all the parts. Oh, yeah. They're all great. They all come together for a fantastic um, experience. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> this show is on Saturday, July 8th, and they're advertising it as a lot. Now, could this be the third in-ring show that has been bandied about mm. in some places? Or the other theory is, well, maybe it's like a uh, battle of the belts or, or something oh, right, like that. Oh, right, right, right. Just trying to fill some, hey, we got um, a special for you in the middle, in the midst of the summer or whatever. And that's always a good make good, too, is to say, hey, we're, we're running these shows in the middle of the summer when you're desperate for, for ratings, especially Turner, who, who, you know, during the week, they don't have a whole lot. Uh, you know, once the NBA is done, Turner is desperate for live sports and desperate for, for you know, ratings bumps or whatever. So, uh, of course, yeah, that seems like a great idea to say, hey, we got these shows. If you want to just occasionally throw up a, a battle of the belts, a clash of the champions, you know, type of, of show, then, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, probably so, probably more um, that- again, more evidence that uh, Warner is just cannot stand this company. It's just disgusted. Cannot wait uh, to get them off their air. Uh, you got you know what guys here's another televised event we fucking ah gross you know we're gonna give you a third show ah we'll air another thing too for you too ah god can't uh, wait when is this deal over because we're gonna give you a fourth show <laughs> right to ensure that this deal cannot come to an end fast enough um so yeah uh here i okay i found it so let me give you the details of this uh show poster here so here it is rich it says saturday july 8th new date and time at the brant center oh the lovely brant center re of course Regina. right it's 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 got to be re it's in canada right center with a classy yes, RE. re okay perfect yeah. love it they don't know how to spell up there <laughs> a bunch of in weirdos <laughs> regina saskatchewan bell time 6 p.m central and i did check saskatchewan is in fact Central time zone. The good time zone. The right time zone. Same as us. Still confuses me 14 years later when I'm trying to watch sports, but um, I'll get used to it someday. Um, yeah, so tickets go on sale tomorrow for this, and it says live televised event. Very suspicious. So um, there's been speculation that you know maybe they'll do a, a Saturday show on one of the Turner channels, like the old 605 gimmick this of course would air at 7 eastern 
So watch this just be a battle of the belts. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're but, all. It's just a battle of the belts in the in the middle of the summer when Turner's desperate for any sort of thing on their network. Can't you just tape that though? I mean, yeah. do you really need to do battle of the belts live, right? You can't tape it a little bit early, a couple days earlier. But I don't know the original date of this show. That's the that's the thing. Uh, I was told that it was. I'm looking in the note of chat here. Uh, July. Uh, it was supposed to be the July 14th July rampage. 14th. July 14th Rampage, but has now been moved to July 8th and now televised event. Because Dynamite and Rampage is the 5th in Edmonton. Yeah. And this was going to be Rampage on the 14th. It is now Mystery Show on Saturday, July 8th. So, interesting. I hope it's a third show. I'm fine with me, yeah. More wrestling is fine with me. I know some people (laughs) in this space are upset by more wrestling, but I like more wrestling. Um, especially if it's good i like good wrestling i mean if you if, if listen if you're inside regina i would say that um you want to get a <laughs> jesus christ you, know, you want to get a ticket to this i mean sure could you could be into something special either that or you're going to get a battle of the belts and you know <laughs> you get a Get Athena defending the ROH women's title. <laughs> right, Jade <Sky> Cargill <laughs> defending the TBS title or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, but anyway, that's that. I don't, I don't know. It's a mystery and nobody knows the answer. I certainly don't. But uh, I hear Regina is wet year round. Oh, you know, God. our chat room always delivers. Always delivers. I didn't know it was a tropical. Yeah, well, I, Creech, I didn't know it was tropical. When, I didn't know it was tropical. I thought it was, you know. Not when Creech is around. Oh, wow. wow. Um, I'm working stiff. I'm Jeez. working stiff. I took that Rhino 10,000. I'm working stiff. <laughs> Steve must have gotten flat. Uh, <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> we can end. I'll talk, about, I'll talk about Jake Lee on my own if you want. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. We've done... We got like a half hour left, and we've done. No, we got an hour. Little... We got an hour, and that's fine. That's fine. We we got yeah, plenty we of time. We start a little late. We start a little late. Um, no, let's let's get right into this. Let's let's talk New Japan stuff here. We start a little late. Oh, we got but, an hour left. But first, but first. Oh, you're right. You're right. We have a friend to talk about today. I'm gonna take a brief time out to let you know about our friends. Homage. Yes. What is homage, you ask? Homage turns back the clock with shout outs to eclectic moments and personalities in sports, music, and pop culture. From Billie Jean King to Larry Bird, Homage Clothing tells the story of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. They have comfortable, well designed t shirts for all major sports leagues. MLB, NBA, NFL, college shirts, and more. This isn't like those other competitors with their awful, awful. They're, they're, there's one specific competitor. I'm not going to bring them up or whatever. They te- they sell terrible shirts with terrible designs. That's not what I'm just. No, 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 no. They are selling high quality stuff with great designs, retro content, always looks great. And for those listening to the flagship, you will love their selection of WWE and wrestling shirts, including the brand new released this week, Big Van Vader shirt. Yes. Big Van Vader. It's a classic one. There's steam coming out. He looks like a million bucks. That Big Van Vader shirt is going to be mine very, very soon. Uh, They're also uh, rolling out this week and next week a WrestleMania collection as well. I know I saw one earlier today about it was a Ricky Steamboat Randy Savage shirt. When I talk about retro, they're getting deep with the retro stuff. This isn't just generic as 
basic. I mean, they're getting deep into matches, deep into the, the lore of, of, of the history of WWE. That stuff is all there in the WrestleMania collection and all their other retro stuff uh, as well. So shop homage today at voiceswrestling.com slash homage. That's H-O-M-A-G-E. Again, voiceswrestling.com slash H-O-M-A-G-E. I uh, get deals there all the time, including right now. Save 20% off on all beer golf and great outdoors shirts joe i know three of your favorite things beer golf uh and the great outdoors again that's voicewrestling.com slash homage h-o-m-a-g-e voicewrestling.com slash homage pay homage there you go all right you want to talk some new japan sure or should we make fun of noah what do you want to do first I think New Japan should go first. Okay, New Japan can go first. That's fine. That, but we're going to take time. We're going to have time. We Let's, need to make fun of Noah. You know, listen, we'll do New Japan. <laughs> then we'll do Noah. Uh, unfortunately, then, Junakiyama's All Japan Pro Wrestling might be. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll do All Japan. We'll do All Japan last. Junakiyama's. I'm joking because he he rebrand he made remade the company or whatever, and then even he realized this shit's dying. I'm out of here. Bye. Okay, I got you. They yeah, don't you know. all land. They're no, not all winners. That's fine. I got it. That's fine. Um. Listen, and then we'll do the All Japan last. Now, I will I will say this, though, before we start New Japan. I I would have lobbied for All Japan first before Noah because I thought that their big show was better. But this Keito Kiyomiya stuff is too <laughs> We got it. It's too, too juicy. We can't be shortchanged on that topic. So we have to bump the Noah up above the All Japan, even though I thought the Noah show sucked. Oh, so, it sucked. Oh, boy, did it suck. <laughs> that's that's why we yeah, got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because it sucked. I wasn't going to accept a, I wasn't going to accept a counter opinion. It's it fucking sucked. But um, but yeah, New Japan um, rightfully is in the number one slot with the uh, New Japan Cup final. So here we go. Sonata defeats David Finley, wins the New Japan Cup. Uh, he'll go on to Sakura Genesis now to face uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, obviously, the big thing with Sonata is during the course of the New Japan Cup, he left LIJ, joined the Just Four Guys, shaved his beard, shaved his hair, and now it is just five guys, and one of those guys is your New Japan Cup winner in Sonata. What did you think of Sonata's transformation? Uh, and then, of course, what did you think of the New Japan Cup final match that he had here with David Finley? Are you ready to buy in to Sonata again? Well, you know, Rich, uh, this is what they call on the streets a glow-up for Sonata. Uh, when he came out, when he shaved off that disgusting beard, and he went back to his natural hair color, I, I rem- I, he's handsome again. Remember oh, when this man used so to be hot. handsome? Yeah, he's so hot. I have a I have an eight by ten from him. It's, it has Wrestle One on it. It was when he he was coming to America during his in between thing when he was like, I'm just gonna go to America. It was obviously to go to New Japan or whatever. Uh, I got an eight by ten guy. He's so fucking handsome. How do you not get an eight by ten by this guy? Didn't didn't the nurse want to bang him? Oh yeah, absolutely. But then she, she saw him again. Sonata. She saw him. She saw him later in his Lij thing. And I said, that's the guy you wanted to bang. And she goes, ugh. And I was like, see. Oh yeah. She's like, he looks like absolute shit. Yeah, she's yeah. like, Ugh, I don't Terrible. even want. I don't want to show her this one because now he's like ruggedly handsome. I'm not showing her that. <laughs> like, because the the Seiya Sonata days, he had kind of the Bama hair. You know what I mean? He was kind of like, a, yeah, yeah. he looked like a te- like a hot like 
21 year old like like late teen like now he's like someone a rugged who'd be, someone ugly. who'd be in, someone who'd be in a tiger beat in 19 <laughs> right right exactly that. like like they he is 24 but they want you to think he's 16 or whatever he's like he plays a 16 year old on television even though he's like in his early his mid-20s or whatever like one of those guys he had the hair the bangs all whatever then he did the whatever but now he's like a ruggedly handsome adult so i'm not showing her that sonata because i might I mean, I can't compete with that. How do you compete with that with the current Sonata? You can't. He's like, nah. He looked like he looked like incredible. absolute. He looked like absolute shit in Lij. Let's be honest. Okay, he just looked terrible. And, um, you know, he 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 joins, you know, during the at the back end of the tour. I think when he won the semifinal, right, is when he joined. Yeah, he beat and he then, beat Naito uh, and then and then joined after. Yeah. Right after the Naito match, and then um, he leaves Lij, which I look. I think there's a good move for him too. Oh, for sure. You know, it, it it freshens him up. You know, and I liked the Finley match. It wasn't like a great match, but I thought it was a good match. Um, and and I thought both guys performed well. The thing with David Finley is he's capable of having good matches every time out. And I like his new look too. And I like his new push and I like his new direction. I think he looks more like a star than ever. Uh, but there's something about his matches where he, he very rarely gets over the top to a great match. And I don't know what that is. It's not like he doesn't have, it's not like he's in a company where it's hard to do. I mean, he, you know, and he has had great matches before, but there's matches like this, which are, which are good and he's good, but they just don't ever, they don't hit that next gear. And that's going to be something that he's, you would think that he's capable of it. Um, but we'll see because this new Japan cup was very clearly designed to get both David Finley over as a main event level guy and Sonata back into the mix as a main event level guy in a new unit where he will, be the leader. You kind of feel bad for Taichi, right? But they also kind of set the stage for this because when just four guys formed, Taka's promo was all about, look, we're just four guys. There's no leader here. You know what I mean? It's like, in hindsight, we may have, should have maybe seen something coming, even if it wasn't necessarily this. How about printing up all those just four guys shirts and now they got. I was going to say, yeah. What if you were an asshole that bought one of those just four guys shirts and like within two weeks, they're just five guys. I'd be like, man, kind of fucked up. Get my money back on um, this or what? Look, am I super excited about Sonata versus Kazuchika Okada for the 4,979th time? No, but does it have a little new juice to it with, you know, Sonata's repackage here? Yeah, it does. I mean, I still give him zero percent chance to win. Or, Rich, do you think this is could be like uh, they pull the fucking trigger on? I him think here. they. I, I mean, think they might. I mean, think about this. Like, you you rebrand this guy. He's lost to Okada a bunch of times. He, he's beat he's beat him a couple times too. But he, but, but you know what I mean. Like, there's not yeah. a ton of juice on that uh, meat on that bone or whatever. If Okada just goes in there and he rebrands and he wins the New Japan Cup and he joins just five guys and he just eats a Rainmaker one two three. All right, hit the bricks, pal. I don't know. Doesn't that kind of come across a little empty? I, I don't know. It, it, it's, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's lost so many times to Okada that I don't know that he can lose again. But I guess it, it, it'll, 
I hate to do the cop out, but like we'll have we'll have a very very good idea of where they see this thing is going. Like I don't know. I don't know if they're doing the Sonata thing again. Like are we are we past that? For a guy who's now in his thirty, you know, is I think he's in mid thirty, might be thirty five, thirty six, somewhere in that range or whatever. Um, I don't know. Thirty five. Okay, thirty five. So are we doing that with him? Are we going for that again? I don't know. I don't know. Twenty nine. Twenty nineteen was brutal. They wrestled four times. Remember that? Oh, I do. Every one of them. And they got progressively more boring and longer (laughs) as they moved along. And Sonata, because Okada beat him in the New Japan Cup final. He beat him in a title match. Then Sonata beat him in the G1, remember? And then yeah. he got mm-hmm. another title match. And, and he wrestling and he lost that one. Um, And we were just so fucking tired of that match. And they kept him apart for a while. They, they wrestled each other in the G1 last year. And now here we go again. But this really is typical Gato booking because Sonata has been a non-factor for a while now. And he tends to like, you know, sometimes he does this with guys where he, he, he down cycles them a bit and then revs them up for something new and fresh. And that's what's happening here. So personally, uh, I, I think Okada's reign is really, really good right now. And I think whatever he's doing is great. I don't want yeah. like, I know that they can do that. Ah, he loses to him here and then he wins it back at Dominion or whatever. I don't, I don't want to interrupt that Okada reign right now. Honestly, I don't either. Not for this, not um, for this guy either. And, and, and yeah, did I think that match was pretty good? I did. I don't know that I saw anything in that Finley Sonata match that made me think that this isn't just the same Sonata with a better haircut. You know, they're in Star Maker mode, though. You know, they're, they're Finley's getting the big push, and Sonata has been repackaged and is getting the big push. Shota Aminu is getting the big push. I mean, it's not completely out of the question that they do something bold and go all the way with Sonata here and belt them up. I mean... I may have been a little hasty when I said he has zero percent chance. It's, I, I don't think it's out of the question. No, I, I don't I, either. But, I, it, it really feels like okay, it's a now or never. Let's finally figure out if this guy can do it. it, it can can he? Will the crowd have a connection to him? Will it draw well? Well, uh, this might be the final time to figure it out. Like, there's nothing more you can do here. Now, do you want to interrupt Okada's reign to do that to to test that out? I mean, it's probably worth it. They've you know, they've tried stuff like that before, so I, I guess it wouldn't be totally out of the realm of possibility. It'd be a little shocking to the system, but then again, that's how they book a lot of times. They, they like to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you really want to just shock people into a big elevation, you did it with evil. I mean, and I don't know if it's now or never because they just put him in, in, in charge of a unit. So I think they see him as a main eventer moving forward. I just mean now or never in terms of like, can this guy be a consistent, consistent main eventer? Because I don't know. That's that's the thing with him. He's always looked the part, but he's never actually delivered on that. And this goes back to Wrestle 1, say a Sonata. You know what I mean? Like we, We've been down this road for as long as this podcast has existed about, ah, is Sonata a guy? Is he really a star? Is he? And it's the answer's normally been no. You know what I mean? But but this might wow, be he never takes it by the throat. You know? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And that's that's my know? worry again, because I honestly like again, I like this New Japan Cup match, but I'm watching it. and I'm thinking, all right, this guy's got all this elevation. He's in his hometown or whatever, and he's just fucking wrestling a Sonata match, man. He's rolling on the ground. And he's putting guys in dragon sleepers. And I'm like, huh? I, a little more. Let's go. Come on, man. Like they, they're putting everything behind you. They're making you win this cup. They got you in front of a unit. They have you, you know, you shaved. You got this head. You're in your hometown. Like, let's fucking go, man. And yeah, I just don't know if I coat, saw it. Fresh, fresh coat of paint, same old match. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, that that worried yeah. me. That ma- If I saw that match, I'm going to the back. And even if I thought he was going to beat Okada, I'm saying, nah, you're not. You're not. No, nah, that, that's fine. 
You, 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 this yeah, is your I spot. I wouldn't do it either. It's, this is your spot. You're a nice little upper mid carder. You can get title matches here and there, but you 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 ain't you ain't holding our title. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Okada really is having a great title reign. I mean, you know, he's just doing such great work right now. And um, you know, I don't know. Do you, do you want do you want that title off of Okada for Forbidden no, Doors? I really don't. I really don't. I don't want that title off of him at all right now. No, I but think... does New Japan want it off of him before Forbidden mm, Doors? Yeah, yeah. Maybe because it's Dominion. Let me see when Dominion is this year. I mean, you can obviously do it anytime you want. It doesn't have to be this is months Dominion. and months, right? Uh, let me do I don't know. Little. Or do they not care about that? And they're just like, look, you book around us with Okada. Right. You know? um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. But they're, they're putting effort into new people. And they've reshuffled the deck. Since the beginning of the year. I do like and, the I do like his new finish though. The DDT is nice. I'll take that over yeah, the like fucking that. boring ass dragon sleeper. They the worst, <laughs> most boring ass dragon sleeper in the world. Unfortunately, he still does it. He still does it, not. and he threw a shining wizard in here too. Because all things must go through Muda, but uh, it's all right. Yeah, um, yeah. Good match though, not great match. I'll tell you what was a great match: Hiromu and Leo. Yes, yes, and this is what I'm saying. Like compare the crowd. In that, in the Hiromu Leo Rush match to Sonata and David Finley. And Sonata's in his hometown, <laughs> about to win the New Japan Cup with a whole new unit and all that. And, and this crowd, and they're, they're, at the end, they, they got, but for 18 minutes of the match, they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. They didn't sit down for this match. For Hiromu and Leo Rush, 21 minutes of the crowd going nuts and these two dudes going nuts. This match fucking ruled. This was awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a great match. Yeah, I mean, Hiromu is having a great year. I was going to, that, well, he, my notes say, last year you went on record saying Hiromu was washed. Are you ready to declare him oh, unwashed? I don't know. Washed is a little strong. What did you say? I think you said washed. No, it definitely, he's not the guy he was. I mean, he's, you know, I, I don't think he'll ever be the guy he I was. I think you now. said washed. Ah, well, nobody pulled the clip. Just, <laughs> don't don't pull the clip, but I, I, I tend to think you said he was washed, but that's fine. Not I, I, not what little, he once was. Little, not what he once was. That's a little rough, uh, washed. I mean, you know, but but he's definitely not what he was. He still isn't, but I do think he's having a really good year. I I really adored that um Amakusa match on the on the joint show and and I thought this match was great. I mean, Leo Rush, no one's ever questioned his talent. No one has ever questioned his talent. And uh these guys meshed real well and and um they went out there and had what was easily the best match on the show. Um, you know, what else can you say? It was a, it was a big spot for Leo Rush, and he absolutely delivered. And Hiromu continues his uh, his really good year. I mean, I think I think to this point, and we're we're getting to the end of March, so we're kind of at the quarter pole, to use a racing term, Rich, of the year, and it, it's not crazy to start talking about this stuff. I, he's firmly in the discussion for top ten. I know you and Alan did that yeah. last mm-hmm. week, and you know, I'm not going to fucking steal your thunder or repeat the bit, but he's, he's firmly in, in – you know, I'd probably have him in my top ten for the year at this point. There's too many great matches that he's had. Yo, and now this one. I love that Amakusa match. So, um, you know, not the guy he was. He's not, like, dropping himself on his head and doing all this daredevil shit. Yeah, he yeah, he's definitely do. altered his game a little bit. And maybe it took a little bit of time to kind of figure out what he was going to be. But yeah, no, this 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 if this is what he's going to be, like the 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 quick style and and cuz it felt like he was getting a lot slower too. It was it was not only was he not like dropping himself on his head all the time, which again, you know, you 
can only do that for so many years. But it just felt like he was really slowing down and really just kind of having boring matches. And he's had he has not had boring matches this year. So uh, he's figured out a way to kind of alter his his style in some way, shape, or form. And it's been great. He he has been very very good this year so far. Very good. And Leo Rush was great in this match, too. The crowd was invested in all of it. Leo had a lot of real... Co- like the, the story of the match was that Leo Rush could get really, really close. And anytime he just wanted to finish it off, he just could not do it. He, he'd he get this move. He'd get that move. He even did Yo's finisher to Hiromu and then was like, ah, I can't pin him with your finisher. I got to do my finisher. So he gets up to the top rope and then ah, Hiromu moves out of the way at the last second or whatever. Like really, really good stuff. And the crowd was just fucking electric for the entire match. I mean, that that's one of those matches that was like, whoa, okay. We're, we're fully back with this crowds making noise and, and, and having a great time. That, that So welcomed back. How about Robbie Eagles as the newest member of the frat boy? Yeah, yeah. Your, your yeah. douchebag frat boy uh, unit has another uh, new member. Uh, uh, after the match, Zack Sabre Jr. comes down and tells the tell, – play the music, you dumbasses. I forget what he said. It's something about that. He was like, play this video, you dumbasses, or whatever. No, and you it's, dickheads. You dickheads. <laughs> and then, yeah, they did. Uh, and then, yeah, Robbie Eagles showing up in the TMDK shirt. So he's leaving chaos. Uh, Kevin Kelly does a really good – a bit here where right afterwards he goes, you know, Robbie Eagles was saying how upset he was that Leo Rush kind of leaped him in the chaos ladder to get this title match or whatever. So he took matters Kevin into Kelly's his own so hands. Good. He's so good. He's, He's so, so good. good when it comes to this stuff. You know, who would think to do that? Right. Just in case, you know, just to let you know, if you're if you're wondering, hey, why did this guy change? Here's a nice, neat little one sentence reason for why this guy may have left and joined TMDK. Boom. That's it. And no, and no one told him to say that. I could promise you. Okay. They're off on their little table. You know, doing what they're doing. No one's even paying attention. No one told him to do that. But he thought enough and respected the audience enough to say, hey, you know what? I got to make some sense of this. You know, because they might be doing the same on Japanese commentary. And he came up with a great explanation as to why Robbie Eagles may have been annoyed with chaos. Now, it'd be nice if Robbie Eagles told us why he was annoyed with chaos, but that's where Kevin Kelly steps in and yep. does a phenomenal job. Robbie just said, ah, the mighty don't kneel, and ah, I'm mighty, so here you go. <laughs> it's hey, like, I'm, I'm Australian. I'm Australian. Yeah, ah, they're Australian. Here. Mighty don't kneel. I'm mighty. We're Australian. Ah, that's enough. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. But um, that'll be a great match. Robbie Eagles and Hiromu. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if I am not mistaken, I think that um, Robbie Eagles has a really good history. Let me pull that up. So I don't say something that, you know, you, you don't want to casually get a fact wrong. No, I've no, no. We'll hear week. about it. We'll hear about it. Don't let us hear um, about it. Yeah. Eagle, man, I beat him at uh wrestle grand slam. Remember when we all thought Hiromu was going to win the title from him. And we <laughs> remember we thought it was a given, but then Robbie Eagles beat him. And we were like, Oh, Oh shit. That's a surprise. But, um, Hiromu got him last time in the best of the super juniors. Um, last year so uh they've kind of gone back and forth and i think yeah they'll they'll probably have the way hiromu's going and robbie eagles probably champing at the bit they'll have a great match um do you have thoughts on anything else we got two other promotions to get to yeah honestly the rest of the show didn't really do much for me i don't know if tags yeah nothing really i honestly i was kind of in in autopilot until the main event or the 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 semi-main in the main so i i honestly don't have real strong thoughts about anything all right, so... Um, well, I can give you a quick little... How about I do this? Quick little Sakura Genesis uh, uh, thing. Yeah. So Sumo Hall, April 8th. Uh, as the show was going on, we got breaking news with another match added to the Sakura oh. Genesis show. All right, so yeah, breaking news for me. 
I don't have the audio on my phone, but breaking news. All right. So you have I, a- I have audio. I have audio. Yeah, nobody can well, hear I, it. No, no, only you can hear it. So there's no point. <laughs> I, I got the audio. Hold okay. on. I got the audio. <laughs> Feel free. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here we go. Um, maybe they can, they'll hear it this time. No, this time it'll uh, work. Yeah, this time it'll definitely work. Well, listen, this fucking microphone, I, I, it doesn't make any goddamn sense that it wouldn't know that. The, 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 I can't even find it. Never mind. I can't even find it. This is a disaster. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Okada and Sonata, you knew about that one. IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. That match was already set. Hiromu Takahashi and Robbie Eagles. We talked about that. IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. That'll be on the line. It's Sakura Genesis. Also, the tag team titles. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defending against Aussie Open. Bishimon versus Aussie Open. Can't wait for that. Uh, New Japan World TV title. Zack Sabre Jr. defending the title against Shota Umino. There's also some other tag matches, but you don't care about that because the breaking news that was on this show is that Monet is back in Japan. She's going to be facing Azumi for the IWGP women's title. All right. Monet. Yeah, it's, uh, Sumo Hall yeah. is Monet. There you go. Saving her for the big shows, and this is a big show. So uh, now we'll see. Now this there's this there. Are they going to put this on fight, you think, because of Monet? Or? I, that's going to be a very interesting question. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 these, hold on uh, a minute. Do we have more? We have double breaking news, I think. Oh! Confirm this No Dopes chat room because I'm seeing a three-way match here now listed. It's a th- Okay, Andrew Rich declares it. New update. <laughs> Monet versus Hazuki versus Azumi. Three-way for the IWG women's title. Now I'm less excited about it. but oh, I, don't, I don't know who the hell these people are anyway. So is is, is Monet losing the title and doesn't want to do the J-O-B? Let's, let's now wildly speculate that. Isn't it A-Z-M? Yes, it's spelled A-Z-M, but it's Azumi. Don't ask me. Ask the Joshi people. I don't know. All right. I just work here. Um There you go. Well, I'm so. not a fan of, I'm not a fan of uh, three-ways unless I'm in Regina. So I, I obviously think without knowing anything about the other two that um, this is a downgrade from that standpoint. But I'm more interested to know if they're going to put this on fight or if they're going to try to get these um, crazy Sasha Banks fans to purchase a uh, New Japan World sub. Yeah, I think it's about time they, they, they get a New Japan World sub, right? Well, they make more money on fight, right? It's only... That's true. Like, New Japan World's only like eight bucks right now. So um, they may have beaten us in the World Baseball Classic, but the dollar is strong, baby. <laughs> the dollar is strong, yes. yes. So, <laughs> I did know when I was so, doing uh, my taxes, I noted that, uh, yeah, I was paying a lot. I was like, oh, man. Like at one month was like, New Japan World was like $7.14 or whatever. I was like, ooh, <laughs> yikes. All right. Listen, we can't hit Otani's slider, but our, the dollar is owning you. <laughs> Um. Oh, you did the taxes, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll tell you about well, that later. Yeah. You, well, yeah. You're. You're. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing them next week. So. Yeah, you're about to ruin my world. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna prepare to have a ter- terrible weekend, Rich, because I'm. I'm. I'm doing them. <laughs> Oh no, that's WrestleMania weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Don't, don't wait that weekend. Well, you're running out of weekends. See what? The, oh man, I don't know. Shit. Nah, I'm right. April fifteenth, right? Tax day. Yeah. 
don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a goober. Kind of I'm a goober. You know me. I do it like two months in advance. I'm like Ned Flanders doing it like the day after. Uh, April 18th. April 18th. Yeah, Ned Flanders does his like New Year's Day or whatever. He bit his taxes. You got till April 18th, Joe. April 18th. Tuesday, April 18th. I'm going to ruin for you two weekends from now. Good. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. This is what's going to happen. When, when we do the books. When we do the books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Rich, we owe... Forty-five thousand dollars. Then you're, yeah, you're gonna be like, thanks, Joe, thanks. You're 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 gonna do the yearly. All right, I'm gonna go have the talk with the nurse, and uh, you know, and I'm gonna be giving you the yearly pep talk. No, this is what you tell her. No, listen, there's a way to spin this. You know, um, so uh, settle in for that. But uh. No, not a fan of the three-way, even though I don't know who any of these women are. So. Yeah. Well, are you, are you ready to wildly speculate that uh, Monet is, is dropping the title and they don't want her to do a straight job, so they're doing the three-way instead? Mm. Interesting, huh? Dropping it that fast? I don't know. How many dates does she have? She's got to have, like, she has at least one more date. Yeah. She has at least three. I have to check my notes. Which I'm not going to do right now because I don't have my notes. But I mean, I don't think this is it for her. So I don't know. I don't uh, either. I, you yeah. know, it'll give the match some intrigue. But and then maybe some... she wants to. Maybe she wants to stack them up like Roman Reigns and put them both in the center <laughs> of the ring. Grab all these dorks and stack right. them up. Put her. Would big... the Stardom fans be irate at that, or would they? Ooh, the Stardom fans would be. The Sasha stands would love it, and they might just battle each other in in. It's just 13 year olds on Twitter yelling at each other for all eternity and, and just the whole world explodes. Yeah. Who wins a battle between the Sasha stands and the incredibly annoying and vicious and nasty Joshi fans? Who wins that? I think mm, that's a that's, that's a battle for the ages. It's a different kind of nasty. Oh, yeah. I, I think the Joshi fans have a different kind of nasty. And they tend to be a little bit older, so I think that they will they'll they'll strike deep on the Sasha stands. They're not much older. They're not much but they, older, but, but they're older enough. They're wiser in, in years. They're relentless. Been, they're uh, relentless, man. You, you should see, too, yeah. <laughs> dude. We jumping bomb audio on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Their comment section everywhere, whether it's oh, I know. on YouTube, it's a fucking massacre, man. And I let, and if you see the ones that those are the ones I approve. I don't approve half of them because they're just like <laughs> right, right, they're right. like vicious. I'm like, man, um, it's a podcast. Just don't listen. You don't have to listen if you're that upset, man. You just have to go away. I mean, yeah, they're 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 rough. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's a. I don't. I don't. You know, I keep being tempted to pick one side, and then I'm like, but have I considered? You know what I mean? Like it's it's tricky. I don't know. I think the that. Joshi. I, I think the Joshi fans do it. The Sasha stands will move on to something else. You know what I mean? They'll they'll figure out something. But Joshi stands are slightly more intellectual in their attacks. Yes, yeah, I, I think they're going to cut deeper with the stuff. Where the Sasha stands are more, whatever the current hot burns are. Right, right. Or just right? like cry face emojis or whatever. But like you're going to get cry bur- face emojis. Yeah, gifts. like that's going to get boring pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I don't, like don't to fuck see with those Joshi. Nah, man, they they they're relentless, man. They never stop. And they remember. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> like they're still saying shit about me from things I said in like 2013. <laughs> yes. 
Like they don't, they have, they don't forget anything, you know, because they're a derivative of the deep pearl. Yes, yes, subset. yes. Yeah, you are not allowed. Uh, for the record, you, me, and all of us at Voices of Wrestling not allowed to be posted on the Reddit uh, Joshi section, right? Because they hate us so much. Because of I don't know. You want me to read it verbatim? No. <laughs> I could read it verbatim. Do you have it? Yeah, hold yeah, on. Go I ahead. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like it. Go um, ahead. Dorks. <laughs> let me think this up. Fucking dorks. And by the way, I don't care because I, I once went to a Reddit mod and specifically said, go to whoever your boss is and say, I want Voices of Wrestling banned from Reddit. I hate all of you and I don't want my content there. And I, I, I don't, don't let us post and don't ever talk about us. Yes. Can we make that deal? Just... Because I don't give a shit. Like, leave us out of your dumb mouths, and we won't try to post anything. All right, so here's what they said. The review was removed due to the very low reputation Voices of Wrestling has throughout the Joshi fan community. And really, the Japanese pro wrestling fan community at large. That's what. They, that's why they wouldn't let us post. Yeah, okay. Someone who wrote a review wanted to post their review. Right, and, didn't, didn't yeah. know that our reputation uh, speaks... On speaks for ourselves in a, on, on the Reddit. So, which I mean, look, I don't look, I, I'm actually happy about that. I really don't want anything to do with Reddit. Yeah, I agree. I really don't. Yeah. We, we should, but we should let people know, how, but, I, but I get it. They want, they're like, ah, you know, get some extra eyeballs on it or whatever. I, I get it. I get how a normal human would think oh, I'll go to Reddit and post it, but no, nah, no, nah. very low reputation <laughs> in the Japanese pro wrestling fan community. I love that shit. I love that shit. Who has done more for New Japan in the last 10 years on the English side than you and I? Who? Yeah. Name them. Not a whole lot of other. Name them. Not a lot of other books going out about New Japan for wrestling. But uh, yeah. All right. Nobody. Half the people on Reddit are watching New Japan because of me. Let's be honest. But how, I don't want to be on Reddit. This is good No, news. they're the worst. They're the absolute dirt worst. So good. I'm glad. But, it, it, you know, it's... It, it's hilarious. Um, so we've been pushing for it for years. Yeah, thank About you. time we got banned. Thank you. Um, Piss babies. <laughs> but anyway, let's... Um, fucking children. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to do a CM Punk promo. On. <laughs> right, I work with fucking children. Munching on a muffin. I know, none of them can manage muffin. I know none of them can manage a target either. That's for sure. But No. No. All right. I, uh, well, I'm going to leave. I, I had some jokes, but yeah, gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, right. people are with joke rich. So oh, they don't. Yeah. Don't people don't like jokes. Jokes are, are bad. No one has a sense of humor. Anymore. Yeah, Jokes are terrible. Um, do you want to get in more trouble with the deep uh, pro community? Fuck. Yeah, I let's do. fucking do it. Noah voyage 2023 in Yokohama. Yes. Main event of this show is a GHC heavyweight title match. Jake Lee of good-looking guys who added two more not-that-good-looking guys to good-looking guys. I'm now convinced good-looking guys is a, an inside joke because there's really only one good-looking guy and good-looking guys, right? Can we, Jack Morris, objectively, good-looking guy, right? Sure. You are in between. Uh, I'm in between on Anthony Green. You think the retrosexual is a good-looking guy, right? I, I don't know. My argument on the retrosexual is his gimmick is that he's a good looking okay, guy. Okay. So I don't so I don't have a problem with him being in the good looking guys. Fair. fair. If, okay. If if like uh let me let me think of a good one. If uh if lover boy Dennis Condry, who is clearly <laughs> right. not a good looking guy. No. 
but but if that's his gimmick, like he can be in the group. You see what I'm saying? That's, yeah, I, that's I got it. I got it. The wink, wink, like I, I, I'm a good looking guy. Yeah, type of thing. Okay, I got it. Um, I mean, you couldn't be less good looking than Dennis Condry. <laughs> no, Dennis but. Condry is one of the least good looking humans on earth. But he, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, but it's a disgusting man. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jake Lee, I'm on record of not a good looking guy. You said I think yeah. one time you said you could see it, but you wouldn't consider him a good looking guy. Imagine Dennis Condry all up in your regina. Imagine that. God, on top of you. <laughs> it's just um, smelly and sweaty and just hair. There's just all hair everywhere. You know what I mean? Like Reeks of Winston cigarettes. <laughs> right, just, right. And if Winston cigarettes and whiskey. Right? But like the cheapest whiskey possible. You just smell yes, it on old, them. Yeah. Old smuggler whiskey and Winston cigarettes. <laughs> that, that, that combination. Absolutely. And sweat, like blue collar sweat. That's the combination. Um, climbing up that, you know, climbing all over you. Yeah, you're Regina. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, I don't think Jake Lee is a good looking guy. No. Okay. Well, well, throughout this <laughs> the terrible, terrible Noah show, uh, they added two new members to good looking guys. Now, one of these men I know you don't think is good looking, and that is Yohei. I mean, I see it, but no. here's the, my argument with Yohei has always been: I see it. I'm not begging Yohei, but I see no. how some people might think Yohei is a good-looking guy. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you vape, if you, you know, if 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 you like people that 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 vape, I could say because I like Yohei definitely vapes, right? Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. He's a vapor. He's a vapor. If you like people that hang out at the vape shop. With all the neon signage, out <laughs> yeah, front oh, all I love that every vape shop has to have the exact same neon signage. We have like twenty in our town now, and yeah. every single one looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that. that so I, I, I can accept Yohei. I guess okay. there's a certain kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, Tadasuke is also a good-looking guy. I uh, do not I, think that man is a good-looking guy. His head's know. like his head's like a it's too rectangular. I Tadasuke, I I will not hear an argument that he is a good looking guy. I just won't. No, I, yeah, no. This, this he's an objectively clearly... not good looking guy. Does this this these good looking guys are off the rails here? You can make an argument that just five guys should be called good looking guys, and the new good looking guys should be called just I don't know six guys or whatever the hell they are right now. Yeah, there's five of them, and there's like one and a half good-looking guys in the group. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so it's rough. But uh, yeah, this was a uh, this was a Noah show. But anyway, Jake Lee, uh, we'll talk about uh, units changing and tag teams hating on each other and breaking up immediately because, uh, of course, that happens uh, on on any. I need the, the juniors got to be breaking up, right? You can't possibly have juniors possibly staying in the same unit for more uh, than than a week at a time. So that, that don't worry, we'll get to that. But uh, main event. GHC heavyweight title match, Jake Lee, Kaito Kiyomiya. Now, one thing I was going to credit New Japan for with the New Japan Cup was Hiromu Takashi and Leo Rush, 21 minutes, 27 seconds. Got in, got out, kept it, kept the crowd alive, all of it, got out under 25 minutes. Good. Love it. New Japan Cup final match, Sonata and David Finley. Like I said, not as, as, as quick paced or whatever. In and out, under 20 minutes, 19 minutes and 56 seconds. So Noah said, oh, are you guys done having boring, never-ending, brutal main events 
can we have that? And New Japan said, sure, guys, have at it. And they decided, good, we're going to do that when we do Jake Lee and Kaito Kiyomiya for 35 minutes and 36 seconds that I will never get back of my entire life. Joe, how brutal was this match? How bad was Jake Lee versus Kaito Kiyomiya? Man, I, I mean, I just thought it was an average match. It sounds like you really, really hate it. it. Hate um, it. You know, it picked up in intensity towards the end, and they did have the crowd into the near falls by the tail end of it, but it was a hard watch. It was long. There was nothing happening. It was super boring. Jake Lee had 90% um, of the offense, which made you think, oh, man, he's going to definitely lose here. And then he just fucking won. And <laughs> then he wins. I was like, oh, and <laughs> okay. It's... um. Man, and, and I don't get it. I mean, Jake Lee was an objective failure in all Japan. I mean, by all you metrics, cannot argue by, by in ring, by drawing, by business, by everything, by all metrics and all measurements of failure. It did not work. They tried him as a heel. I mean, it, you know, the same gimmick he's doing now didn't work. And you bring this guy into your company, and logic would tell you, okay. We got a formal, former Triple Crown champion from a promotion that is viewed in a similar vein as ours, even though I think Noah's way ahead of them. Well, maybe not anymore on the mm. business side of things. Mm. Um, don't say we didn't warn you. Um, this is the, the, book, the, the booking move here is to build Jake Lee up for a match against your champion and fucking beat him. And then have my champion hold up my title and talk shit about beating a former Triple Crown champion. Am I out of my mind, Rich? Or is that what is that something logical that you might consider? Instead, we have the guy come in and jump from all Japan and beat our champion in dominating fashion over the course of 36 minutes. I don't understand it. Make it make sense. It, I can't. I can't make sense of giving Jake Lee his title. It, 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 it boggles my mind. It, it, it just, even if you wanted Kaito Kiyomi to lose the title to somebody, which we'll get to in a second, why, why maybe that could potentially be uh, happening. Jake Lee is your guy. You go with Jake Lee. And, and now let's talk about the attendance because they announced 1,308 people for. Noah Voyage 2023 in Yokohama. And I have no reason to believe that they're out and out lying about that attendance. But I will tell you, these men were 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 wrestling in a black hole. You couldn't see anything in that arena. They darkened every bit of the crowd. And when they turn the crowd lights on, there is not many people in the front row. So if all those people are up in the upper decks with the cheap seats, fine. That's great. But it did not it looked awful. Awful when they put the crowd when those lights were on, and when those guys hit the ring, lights off, darkness, and they are wrestling in in the abyss. Not good. Um, Aesthetically awful <laughs> for Noah. There is, first of all, thirteen hundred and eight people is not a good number. Okay, that's the first thing. Second of all. Yes, yeah, stardom's done better uh, multiple times over the last year and a half or whatever. So in that in that building, especially this year, they ran and, it earlier this year and they, they they had much better attendance. So it's not a good number. The second point is there is not a fucking chance there were thirteen hundred people in that building. Rich, you know this. I took photos. I have photograph. The the lights were off. Which is your first clue that they're full of shit. Right. When they're okay. wrestling in fucking a black hole, then you know, oh, geez, that can't be good. But 
occasionally they would run a spotlight around the building, you know, for effect or whatever. You should see me up there like like it's the Zapruder film, pausing at key times when the spotlight is on certain seats. And you saw the photos. I sent you the photos, mm-hmm. Rich. I took photos of different premium seats, premium seats, not the upper deck, premium seats, different angles, different times of the show, because, okay, maybe 45 people all went to the bathroom in this section at once. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll take another picture three matches later. Still nobody sitting there. I took pictures during the main event, introductions, spotlight circling around. Nothing but empty seats and all the most expensive seats. And it, this was not COVID spacing either because there'd be like one guy in the section and every other seat empty. Jesus, nobody bought tickets to this thing. There was nobody in that fucking building. There was not th- at 13. They announced 940 for the N1 Victory Show last year, headlined by Kaz Fujita, who we all know can't draw a dime, and Go Shiozaki. Okay, for Great Voyage last year, they announced 905, which had the Hideki Suzuki, Takashi Segura versus Daike Anaba, Keito Kiyomiya tag team tournament final match uh, as the last match to go on. Um, and they announced under a thousand people for that. The And then we're getting into deep COVID here, but. In November of 2021, they announced 887 people for a Keiji Muto tag on top with with Marafuji against Keito Kiyomiya and Masa Kitamiya. Everyone guess who won that one, Rich? Um, with with Kano and Masaki Mochizuki underneath, they announced 887 people. So what they did here, Rich, and then after that, it's like COVID shit, and it's you know this is not um, fair. Yeah, it's not fair to use those numbers anyway. You know, now we're getting deep. 1,200 people for Great Voyage 2021 with Muto in a six-man tag semi and a tag team title match on top. Here's what happened here. They could not announce a number that was in range with these other shows that they've done in the building. So they 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 had to fudge the number because, you know, it's a GHC title match on top. All these other matches were, were tag matches on top. And then they turned the fucking lights off. There is not a prayer. There were 1,300 people in that building. They're just, they just weren't. Because if there were, they were all in the upper deck. I was going to say, because maybe just nobody... all of them were in the upper deck. Because anytime you saw any pictures of the premium seats, the ringside seats, the things, closed, nothing. You couldn't see it. And I have the pictures. Right. I've got the, I've got a lot of them because I'm a psychopath. There was nobody in that building. And there were people on the floor seats. They sold most of those, the chairs. But that next section there, there's nobody there. So I think this show there's a good chance did worse than their last couple tries in this building. And to be completely honest, why wouldn't it have? It's Jake Lee. Who the fuck is paying for Jake Lee? It's Jake Lee and Kaito Kiyomiya, of course. Not paying to watch that. It's Jake Lee and a guy you've beaten like a drum. We warned people about this. 1300 is not even a good number. You want to tell me I'm a lie, that I'm wrong? All right. Well, 1,300 is not a good number either for a uh, GHC title match. No, no, no. And like I said, that insane building, Stardom did it. And and, and Andre, uh, in, in our note of chat room, is, is bringing it up. I'm glad he did. An important note about that is that was the opening night of their trios tournament. 
it's not exactly a huge show. It's not like stardom, one of their right. big time matches and the big time shows with big time title matches. That's just a show. You know what I mean? That's just a stardom show in that arena. And it gets 16.05. So the rest of this show stunk. Oh, I am convinced. Ever. I am convinced. If you told me, let me put, let me frame it to you this way. If you told me that pro wrestling Noah was booked by throwing darts at a fucking board or rolling dice, I would, I believe you who asked for a Tanaguchi push. Why is he beating Segura? <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, that should be a nice routine. Oh my God. Shuhei Tanaguchi beat Segura. Oh boy. Okay. Really? I mean, He's 46 years old. And look, I get it. Segura's in his 50s, but he can still go. But Segura's Segura. It's Shuhei Tanaguchi. Shuhei Tanaguchi. Like, Tanaguchi you know, stinks. I mean, I mean, he had one okay run like six years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. I mean, I don't really want to dump on the guy, but he's. He guy's been a he failure since. He ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's not. It's not. He's that's... a nice little underneath veteran guy that is mildly popular with fans in that role. I don't get that. You know, they're reshuffling all the juniors again, but what's new? Um, <laughs> Joe, they reshuffled in a match where they won the tag team titles. <laughs> these these fuckers found a way to have our guy Ogawa have one of the worst matches I've ever seen Ogawa have. Terrible match. How horrible event, was by that the match? How bad was that? I'm watching this thinking, what is going on? What is happening? Go home, guys. What is 25 minutes and 29 seconds? It was Eita and Ogawa versus Chris Ridgway and Hayata. I am not kidding when I say I went dud on that match. I thought it was fucking atrocious. Cage match is like 2.2 or whatever. Even cage. I'm not being just a, a, a curmudgeon. Cage match thought it fucking sucked, too. It never ended. How do you make Eita and Ogawa and Hayata and Chris Ridgway that bad of a match? Look, they didn't deliver. I, I can't blame the bookers because they went out there and had a shitty match. But well, I can't blame the bookers for Eita and Ogawa win the tag team titles. They're handed the titles, or they 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 retain the titles, I should say, and then they start fighting. I it's it's utterly. <laughs> I'm telling you what. It's uh. <laughs> you just won. You won the match. You're the champions. How bad was that Ninja Mac tag? <laughs> Did you Lance, watch that with Extreme Tiger? Lancelot and, and Extreme Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, versus Ninja Mac and Amakusa. It was not that was terrible. Um I <laughs> guess the, was the, good. The, what was good on this show? Well, I think I think the, the tag title match was was pretty good. With uh Kano and Soya losing to uh Anaba and Kitamiya. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was all right. That was all right. That's pretty good. You know what I mean? But that can't be the best match on your show. That you know what I mean? And that was easily the best match on the show. <laughs> Forgot that Hideki Suzuki and Saxon Huxley teamed up to face Yeah, Yone and Amora. Yeah, Muhammad Yone and Amora. Yeah. Saxon Huxley. Did Who you, asked did you for see? That? He's doing like a Brody impression, I guess now. And, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's the NXT UK guy. But did you see how puzzled Suzuki looked at this? Yeah, like he, he didn't understand this man or why he was teaming with him. He's like. We lose. I lose Timothy Thatcher. You give me this guy. <laughs> it was not not exactly a Timothy Thatcher replacement. A little 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 different. But yeah, <laughs> Saxon Huxley getting a getting a Noah run. He's like thirty six years old. <laughs> Terrible. So so you you, you beat Kiyomiya like a drum. Yep. You bring in Jake Lee, 
uh, who's never drawn a dime in his life, right? And then how do you prepare? You figure, all right, well, maybe they gave Jake Lee a, a string of huge. Maybe he of went course. through Segura. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, maybe he went through Hideki Suzuki. Maybe he beat all these guys one on one. And no, do you know how they prepared Jake Lee for this match on on the on the Muda show, on the Muda retirement show? Jake Lee pinned Timothy Thatcher in a pre-show tag team match. <laughs> that was how they warmed him up. And then they wonder why nobody bought a ticket. <laughs> Look it up, people. I'm not making this up. Uh, well, yeah, that's not entirely fair because I'm looking at it now. In uh, January, he beat Inamura in a singles match. <laughs> January 8th. So, uh, you yes. know what? You got to be fair here. All right? You know. And we said it at the time. You'd think if you're giving Jake Lee a title match, he's not working the pre-show on, on, on your biggest show of, of your fucking that Noah's had in it in decades. Your dart, your dart theory is starting to, it's starting to have some legs here. You have more people watching the Noah than ever. And you put, and you put your next title challenger in a pre-show tag team match. I'm surprised he won. And then you wonder why you got to turn the house lights off because yeah. nobody's there. You book a guy who you book a guy terribly who's never drawn a fucking dime. So so not only is he already against the eight ball because he can't draw and nobody ever wants to see him and nobody wanted to see him in all Japan. Uh, but then you give him your title. But the way you build him up, yeah, he, he yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot it was on Terrible the pre. Show. I forgot it was on the pre-show. That's so good. Terrible show, and as far as the business, look, I don't listen. We don't come here. Don't come tried here. To warn you, and this is not confirmation bias. No, we've seen it a bunch of times already. This is just go put on your Wrestle Universe. There's nobody there, and. And if you think we're just banging on the show, what's it have? What does this show have on Cage Match? Uh, right, right now, now on Cage Match, Noah Voyage 2023 in Yo- uh, Yokohama has 4.72. Main event, 6.7. Uh, the uh, semi main event, I said two earlier. I apologize. It's actually 4.3. So I bet there's a lot of orange numbers in those ratings. A lot of show, orange right? numbers. Yeah, we got 4.25 for the uh, Alejandro Katoge, uh, uh, the, the, that eight-man tag uh, early in the show. 3.35 for Suzuki and Saxon Huxley versus Yone and Inamura. Uh, and then Lancelot and Extreme Tiger uh, versus uh, uh, Amakusa and, and Ninja Mac. Uh, 4.04 right now for that. So This had the atmosphere of a funeral. Oh, it, was, it did. The, the atmosphere of the show was terrible. I mean, they did, like I said, though, they did get up for the final minute or so of the of the title match. They did. They 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 were into the near falls and everything. They popped for the title change. You know, they gasped. They did the gasp. I don't think they were expecting it. But outside of that, it was just, it was it was like, you know, watching a funeral. It was, there's no atmosphere. Because there was nobody there. Rich, there was nobody there. Uh, you could hear it, too. You could hear when the, the, the cheers would happen. It, it was very hollow. Very hollow. And the show stung. Yeah. And the show wasn't good. Brutal. But now maybe we know why Kiyomiya lost this match. 
Yes, let's get to another interesting nugget here. So Kaito Kiyomiya announced that he is going to accompany Keiji Muto to his WWE Hall of Fame induction next week in Los Angeles. Uh, he has said it's a learning experience. He's going to learn under the sit under the tree of Muto and learn even more that he can from this man as he flies to Los Angeles and walks around the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony with him. Uh, but, Joe, you and I think eh, maybe there's a little something more because people were rightfully dunking. How much more can you possibly learn from Keiji Muto? Why are you such a dork? You're going to carry this guy ba- this guy's bags. You're going to take him to restaurants. You're going to drive him around. You're going to wipe his ass. Like, what are you going to do this weekend with Keiji Muto that's going to really help you? But we tend to think there might be something else going on here. What do you think is happening here with Kaito Kiyomiya? Uh- <laughs> Jordan Smith in the chat. Jake Lee coming out looking like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon villain from the 60s. He does. He does. Yeah, he looks like he, he either looks, looks like, like Jimmy King from Ready to Rumble or or he looks like the uh um like a villain on a cereal box or whatever. If you like turn your cereal <laughs> box around. He looks like looks like Dick Dastardly from the Hanna-Barbera like cartoon Dastardly from Crazy <laughs> Races or whatever. Yeah, or, or, or wacky races. God. Um, that's great he does kind of look like dick dastardly only, only in our chat where you get that dick dastardly um that's show rock i'm gonna watch racky races when i go to bed hell yeah like look 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 hasame is a great account i she does a great job with the translations big time noah fan I, I, and i know she's just putting out there with the companies but i understand that but and and it's not i'm not taking a shot but anyone else who thinks Kato Kiyomiya is not coming over here to the WWE Hall of Fame on WrestleMania weekend to shake hands and kiss babies and meet the WWE Brain Trust and try to get a job is just um, charmingly naive. Is that a nice way to put it, Rich? Uh, yeah, that's that's it's, probably a good way to put it. It's charmingly naive to think that that's not what this is. He's coming over here to network. And... If that's why they took the title off him, you know, all right, I, I, that that makes more sense. But the thing with Noah is their booking never makes any sense. <laughs> right. So and the thing with and the thing with Kaito Kiyomiya, I was thinking about this. Rich, do a thought exercise for me. Okay, let's do it. Picture all of Kaito Kiyomiya's matches over the last three years, but imagine that none of them involved the GHC title. It's actually a pretty good push because he's like this feisty young underdog baby face who takes his lumps, but he gets his share of wins right. too. Mm-hmm. And he's on the come up, you know, and he's not, he's not good enough to beat Muto. So Muto beats him, you know, he only beats Muto one out of four times and he's not good enough to beat a former triple crown champion and Jake Lee, but he only fights hard and he and he and he's and he's and he's young and he's and he's exuberant and every now and then he picks up a big win but every now and then he has a losing streak because he's still learning right so still trying to good still fight. trying to build himself up try to figure things out get it yeah get his get his his sea legs under him as he's still a youngster trying to you know yeah yeah makes sense it'd be a pretty good push but you know they, they push their champion like a fucking loser who is constantly doing the same story of, oh, I've got to prove myself. Doesn't make any sense. But look, if Muto's getting him in the back door here and getting him into WWE, 
and that's what he wants. Fuck it. I think they should sign him. Hell yeah. He's talented. Mm-hmm. Sign the guy then. You know, um, I'm going to leave the jokes aside. I, I, you know, he's talented and I, you know, look, is he going to become a star there? There's not a chance in the fucking world. The same thing will happen to him that happens to 99% of Akira all of the Tazawe, Kushida, Kenta. You know, it, it's not Kyrie Sane. <laughs> it can go on. Right down the line. Every one of them. Hakushi. <laughs> Takamichinoku, so, Dick Togo, Mensteo. It won't work out, but, you know, they'll take, if, if they take one look at him and he's got good size, he's got a good look. If they bother to watch his matches, they'll see that he can work. Mudo vouches for him, probably. Yeah, Mudo's going to push. Yeah, Listen, he's at what? Going over there to learn? Learn what? <laughs> How to board a plane? Right. What's he learning? Learning the streets of uh, Los Angeles as he drives Keiji Muto around. Yeah. He's, he's going there to meet WWE and get a fucking job. You know, and, and he might be under contract till January or whatever, but, you know, then he'll fucking tell us. He'll say, hey, look, I'm a free agent in eight months. It's nice to meet you, Paul Levesque. Uh, Please remember me. Here's 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 my here's a he'll give a zip drive like uh like, who was the guy who gave Tony Khan <laughs> oh, the zip drive? Right. To... <laughs> I forget his name. Yeah, um, but in that case, it was a zip drive to like finger wag Tony Khan. Remember? Yes, about how he uh, how he wasn't doing a good enough job with uh, representation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But this time, it, 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 but Kiyomiya will give Dar- a zip Darius drive. Lockhart is what they know of. Yeah, Darius Lockhart. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, he's going there to fucking network. Don't fool yourself. I mean, come on. That's totally what this is. Well, and it makes sense, too, because Mudo's like, I'm done with this company. And, and you know, hey, yeah. kid, you want to come with? And and I'll see what I can I'll see if I can get you a job. Of course, you'd say, yeah, sure. You know, also, I need someone to drive me around and carry my bags or whatever. You want to do that? Too? It, it's probably double edge. It's like, hey, I need someone to carry my bags. But, hey, I'll network for you. You know, I'm done with these guys. Screw them. You want to go? Did you see the Did you see the one machine translation that literally said, I'm going there to carry bags? <laughs> no, I did. That's awesome. There's there's a Google I think it's a Google translation of of one of his quotes and it literally says I'm excited to carry bags. <laughs> like you can't make it up. Yeah, that's great. You you can't make it up. But um hey look, I you know, good for him. You know, if that's what he wants, that's fine. I um, it all, it would also just be another just fantastic chef's kiss to to processing no over the last yeah, 3 he, years. He'll be better off. He'll make more money. And he's not going to get pushed, but he'll make more money and he'll get to he'll learn what all the others have learned. Yeah, He'll get to and, try it out um, and maybe buck the trend, even though you're not going to buck the trend. And maybe when he comes back, Noah will be will, he'll be viewed as, oh, a former WWE. And, and maybe they'll actually, I don't know, book him like he's not a fucking loser. I, I for one, I don't know. And maybe it'll work out like long term, too. Who knows? But um, we got to get to the all Japan quickly. Um yeah, let's talk about good. Here. Let's talk about good Japanese wrestling right now. All Japan is on fire, man. I lo- I watched everything. What did I tell you? You were right. I told you at the beginning of the year. I know. I've caught and you back were skeptical. up. Skeptical. I was skeptical. I was skeptical. I've caught back up all the way. 
Uh, I watched all of the March 18th show, all of the March 21st show. Uh, our 18th was from Corican Hall. The 21st was from Ota City General Gymnasium. I loved pretty much everything that I saw uh, on the show. Uh, I mean, not all of it's not great, but there was enough stuff to stink your teeth into. The main event of the Corican Hall March 18th show, it was Miyahara, Suji Ishikawa, Yuma Anzai, uh, and Yu- Yuma Aoyagi versus the Stronghearts, uh, Shima, L. Lindemann, T-Hawk, uh, and Izuchi. Uh, to see Azuchi, and I love that match. And let's talk about a company that understands what it means to push young talent with Yuma Anzai getting the win, defeating, and, and just how cool was that? Yeah, who'd he pin? Shima. Shima. Mm-hmm. How the fuck they talk him into that? I don't know how they talk Booker Man into that. <laughs> get get slow and Mike Spears on this, on this line, right? I want to know how the fuck they talk Shima into eating a pin from Yuma and Zion. Who's match. still kind of young boy. Who's still pretty young. I mean, he's still got black trunks and a, and a, and a nice cut. You know what I mean? A nice haircut. The Izuchi kid was right there. Yeah. I know. I was, I, I almost fell out of my chair. I turned around and went, one, two, three. Ding, 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 ding. I went, what? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm looking over and I'm like, is that Anzai on top of Shiva for this pinfall? What, are, what is happening? Couldn't believe I'm it. Proud Loved you it. Went back and watched the Corkins. So oh, I yeah. thought you were just going to watch the big nah, show. No, no, no. How about Krejci putting in the work? How about that? All Japan Pro Wrestling, baby. I needed to wash no, my yeah. mouth out from the Noah show, so I needed something. I was actually going to surprise you with the result of this match and see if you even believed me. I wouldn't have believed you like, if you I, told me uh, Anzai pinned Shima. I'd be like, "Fuck off, Joe! <laughs> You're lying. There's no way." Yeah. And guess what? The uh, crowd went absolutely insane for it because they know it's a big deal and it was a big deal yeah so we've got some people saying that shima has done jobs to god but here's the thing like what's his connection to anzai like what's his incentive to put this guy over right like he's done jobs in dragon gate before and 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 you know like his own guys maybe. right but he's doing the mercenary like thing again he's, he's a mercenary now there's no point Where's the incentive to to help Anzai get over for Shima? Right. You know what I mean? So that's where it's... Again, um, like you said, because there was a guy in that match that could easily have just pinned and nobody would have cared. Right. The optics, but the optics uh, of it were so much better. So he's helping Anzai. He's helping All Japan for wrestling in a way that you, a lot of wrestlers would not do that. That's what we're saying. Was the trade-off that Gleet won more matches on the show? Okay. As as is being opined in the chat. Sure, but still. I listen, no one's dumping cold water on this one. I was surprised by this. I think it's a big time result for Anzai. Um and I create I I'm I'm very surprised you watch it. Did you let me ask you this? Did you watch Naruki Doi versus Rising Hayato from the March? I still show. forgot to watch that one. I know. Alan told me and to watch Alan it. Alan even told me. I know. And then I, I, the show started and someone said something about that match. And I was like, fuck, I missed that. I still haven't watched it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's uh, well, hey, don't apologize to me. You're the one missing a quality match. Pal. No, I've, I've heard. I, I need to. Uh, I need to change that this weekend. No, it's a really good match. Doi, Doi is having an excellent year. Um, they announced again that he's officially a freelancer. I thought that was announced already. Yeah, Dragon there was a Gate bunch of New it. Japan or uh, Dragon Gate stuff this week where they're like, all right, Eita's a freelancer, and this guy, or he's like, we're going to let him work other places, uh, and Naruki Doi is officially a freelancer. I'm like, all right, I think we knew that, but okay. But maybe maybe we didn't know that. Maybe you and I knew that, and listeners that opened the voice gate knew that, and the rest of us didn't, but I feel like we all knew that, but either way. 
have to apologize to Rising Hayato. Uh, he's good, Rich. I've seen enough. He's good. Oh, God. You're, you're in. I don't like the gimmick. I don't like the icky man thing. I never do. But um, the guy can go. He's He should have been probably, by all rights, most improved wrestler. Who won most improved anyway? I don't even remember. Most improved in the um, Observer last year. Let me, let me find out. I, I don't even remember. Probably should have been Rising Hayato. It was probably fucking yeah, Dolph Ziggler for the ninth year or something. <laughs> <It's> um, Ali. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, he's uh, he's good. I got to give it to him. I have, uh, I have the to Acclaimed it. were your most improved this year. All right. I can buy that. That's fine. That's not a bad pick. Did, did he finish in the top 10 at all, Rising Hayato? Uh, that I don't know. I only have the top three here. Okay. Um. Kento Miyahara versus Yoshiki Inamura was the semi, and and he's Miyahara's having these cool singles <laughs> matches after losing the title, and that was another one. So that was another match worth people's time on that show. I love how they're using Voodoo, uh, how uh, they're using uh, the Saitos. Oh, they've they've nailed it with them, yeah, because they're just fucking. They they look grimy as hell. They got long greasy hair now. They're wearing t-shirts. They look like shit. That's what they should. They do look like shit. <laughs> they're not good. Yeah. So this is exactly how you should use them. They pivoted. I'm so glad they pivoted. They tried to tell us, oh, these guys are amateur wrestlers. And, they're, and they realize. Yeah. And we knew it at the time. We're like, these guys are not that good. When are they going to realize this? And they very quickly realized, all right, you guys are just fucking indie scummers now. Are you guys cool with that? And uh, yeah, yeah. And it works. It works for them. It works for them. Their energy is perfect for yeah. it. Um, but we should talk about the, uh, the big show at the Oda City Gym. 1776, the announced attendance. And this is what we're talking about. Listen, Noah ran a GHC title match. And even if they drew 1,300 fans, now they're getting Now, look, I get Yuji Nagata, okay, is, is, is in this main event. And Yuji Nagata can still be an effective uh, draw. And Yuji Nagata drew very well for Noah about eight years ago or whatever that was when he was on top there. Completely different era, but he did. And this was Yuji Nagata versus Suji Ishikawa. So you would expect that match to outdraw Jake Lee and Keito Kiyomiya, right? Uh, maybe if you would have pushed Keito Kiyomiya properly and utilized Muta when he was around, but that's ship has sailed. But, um, you know, I, look, the rest of this year is going to be interesting with, with Muto no longer around. If Noah can can first of all not just keep the big gap that they had on all Japan but keep a gap period look at these two shows basically mm-hmm. head to head yeah. this week I, I thought shows. that was telling I thought that was very telling and and it looked full I mean they, they didn't put the house lights down and it, it looked like I mean they had a, they looked like they had a good crowd it wasn't they weren't hanging from the rafters or whatever but it looked like a solid crowd a loud it was a loud crowd and it was a solid crowd and again these guys didn't wrestle in a black abyss the entire time so that lets you know that they weren't embarrassed by the house so Nagata Ishikawa and now look Suji Ishikawa is washed up he's been washed up for two three years now I fucking love this match I oh, I'm so glad you did my my hot take was I know he's not good anymore I know he can't go anymore, but man, he put every bit of effort. He tried so hard to get it back in this match, and I think he did it. I really do. I, I, he was working his ass off. You know he was like, fuck it. I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. I'm going to feel like shit for a couple weeks, but I got to go out there and deliver, and he did. He gave every bit of effort, every bit of his body that he still has left. He gave it in this match. He did what he could. Yep. He can't move around real well. He takes ugly-looking bumps. 
But Yuji Nagata squeezed every last ounce out of Suji Ishikawa. And Ishikawa went out there and worked as hard as he could at this stage of his career. And by the end of this fucking thing, I thought this match was great. I might be the high man on it. I went like four and a half. I fucking love this match. By the time this this thing was like a like a like a slow burn, and by the time they got cooking at the end, man, they had me. And, um, you know, this company just you know, it, it's so funny because now they're bringing in Satoshi Satoshi Kojima for the carnival, right? Yep. And it's like we just saw Satoshi Kojima in in Noah as the GHC champion, and on one hand, it's like it's a bad look to have these guys. Who are who are not pushed anymore in New Japan come in and win your top titles and all that, but on the other hand, these guys can still go and they draw. People like them, and you can draw in these smaller promotions with guys like Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima working in prominent roles, and they're still and they're effective in the ring. They're not going to embarrass themselves in the ring. They've barely dropped off at all from what they were five even ten years ago, and. You know, well, I, I would uh, say in some cases too. I think their work has improved because they're they know it's a bigger spot. You know what I mean? They know that they're like Eugene Nagata's. There was a lot of years where Eugene Nagata was just playing the hits, man. He'd go out there, he'd roll his eyes back, he'd tag out. You know what I mean? You were like, yeah, I guess he's done. Whatever. That yeah, guy ain't done. You know what I mean? Like he's had a lot of really really good matches lately because it's in a big spot. And these guys and and Kojima's the same way. We've always we've been screwing about OG, uh, uh, Kojima for years about like man, they're just. They're not utilizing him enough, and and he goes out there and does not give his full effort because he knows. But then when he gets in there in big Noah matches, he was going full bore. So no, it's like these guys do feel like they they're they're better because they are better because they're trying harder. They're 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 really going out there to try to um you know deliver in these spots too, which 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 speaks volumes. Like they don't need to, they don't have to. They can go out here and get lazy. But these guys have not been lazy about anything, any anything in these big time matches. So yeah, keep on bringing them on. I'm fine with it. I mean, they they feel motivated. Yeah, that that's a you big know, part. That plays a big part in, in in how well you perform is how motivated you are. I mean, like you can try to pretend it doesn't matter. It it absolutely, absolutely, absolutely matters. Yuji Nagata again. This is another guy, arguably a top ten wrestler so far this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, um, delivering in all these main events and um, to to get this kind of match at a Suji Ishikawa with the physical limitations he has now. I can't remember the last time this guy had a great match. You know, even in the tags, he dogs it these days. He just has nothing left. And, you know, I was just thinking, how good would this have been in, like, 2016 when Ishikawa was really cooking? Yeah. Right? That's what I was thinking about watching this. And, you know, it ended up being great anyway. Um, We don't have time to go over the whole card, but I thought the Dan Tamura at Suki Aoyagi match was was a lot of fun on the undercard. They're getting ready for the um, junior uh, tag battle of glory. Right, so they did a, some junior singles matches. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, uh, it, the rest of the card was it, it, it was it was there was nothing else where I'm like you got to go watch this, but it was so much better than the no one. Right, card. just the energy, and just the energy in the building was so much different. One company feels like they've got some momentum and they're doing some fresh things, and the arrows pointing up, and the other company just totally feels like what we feared. Muto's going to go away and it feels like a fucking funeral. And the arrow is decidedly pointing down. And I should also point out 
that the most charismatic person on the Noah show was Kento Miyahara, and he didn't even wrestle on the show. <laughs> yeah. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, guy owned, that guy owned that guy owned the room. That guy walked in and owned your fucking room. Yeah, and he and he felt like the biggest star on the show, and he doesn't even work there, and he didn't wrestle on the show. And we should also mention on this all Japan because they're doing the interpromotional stuff that uh, Congo shows up, Kano and Manabu Soya show up, and Soya is going to be the other champion carnival guy, and they win the all Japan tag team titles. So, you know, all Japan again, a company that knows what they're doing from a booking standpoint because the, they have the invaders come in and win their titles. And, and, you know, you, you when you're doing these kind of stories, you have to be a little unselfish to put some heat and to give the other side some credibility. Right. The downside, Nomura blown ACL out for a year, and he's out of the carnival. And they had just gotten him back in the mix, and that's, that is a bummer. That's a bummer to lose him. Um, but, yeah, that was notable as well. And... Um, you know, these companies are working together and, and it's just such a dichotomy in how one of them actually feels fun, vibrant and exciting. And the other one feels like, you know, fuck, I got to watch this shit. Yeah. Well, and, and just you even know. the Noah guys in all Japan too, like Kano and Soya felt like a fucking million bucks, man, coming into Oda City as the invaders. I, I just, you know what I mean? Like there was just an energy about those guys walking in the building. I was like, man, Kano, <laughs> like maybe we got to get this guy out of here and put him in all Japan, man, because I could, I could. I could love some Kano in all Japan all the time. I, 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 he just felt like he belonged. You know, they got to replace Nomura in the carnival now, too. And it's like he had a lot of big matches uh, set up. Mm-hmm. And that's a big loss. They're going to have to rebook the whole block because he's obviously going to be a player in the block. I don't know if he's going to win the block, but he undoubtedly was going to be a player in the block. And they were going to have he was going to have important outcomes. So they're going to have to find a replacement for him. They just filled the two X spots with Kojima and Soya. And now they're going to have to find a replacement for Nomura. And that's a big loss because he definitely was going to have some important, uh, you know, storylines coming out of that, whether he was going to win his block or win the tournament, I don't know, but he was definitely going to be a player and have some important matches. So that really is a bummer. Um, with that knee injury, didn't somebody else hurt themselves this week? Maybe not. Uh, Shima Shima, I think has a shoulder injury. If that's Does what he? you're thinking of, yeah, he did. I forget if it was a separated shoulder or something like that, but apparently it's 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 not great. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's what I was thinking. Of. I'll probably think of it as soon as we end the show. But um, yeah, no more. Uh, that's a rough one. But um, but yeah, I don't know. You have any other thoughts on all Japan? No, it's just it feels hot. It feels hot. So definitely, uh, I, I listen to Joe's advice, uh, and you should listen to my advice as well as Joe's advice. Um, Watch all Japan. It, it, it feels it's back. It, it's back in a big way. The crowds have helped. The energy has helped. Kento Miyahara is on fire as 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 per usual. Um, it feels good right now. It, it feels like a promotion to keep an eye on uh, this year for sure. Yeah, hot might be strong. Yeah, I, I don't know. know like I, hot to me, but it feels like it has energy for the first time at all. It, it, some of those like late clap crowd all Japan shows were fucking torture, and I was done. Oh, you, listen! Last year they felt they felt dead as a doornail. They it was an awful promotion last year to watch. It was terrible. The energy completely changed this year. One more quick hitter before we end. Recommendation for everybody: Hammerstone versus Jacob Fatu. Awesome match. Well worth your time. Go out of your way to find it. Okay. If well, it's on reels, right? Or I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you've been deleting it off the DVR, no one's going to blame you. But if you've got this week's or you can track down Hammerstone versus Fatu, a legitimately great match. Not good. Great match. 
So um, I think if they have 10 left, they have three left. If it's really 10 episodes, they have three left because that was seven. Mm -hmm. So we keep an eye on that. Uh, they, did you hear they, uh, a new uh, contract, Premier Streaming Network they're on now internationally? internationally so you can get uh, I mean, episodes of uh, mlw underground after uh they appear on reels internationally are we not convinced are we sure that's not made up streaming <laughs> no it's a real thing that's a real thing it's a real thing it's okay. a real thing yeah there's russell pro alaska is on the premiere streaming network the, the show i uh -oh. saw in alaska so yeah they got some big big oh, hitters right. on the premiere streaming network now what does that mean for pro wrestling tv or whatever the other one that mlw was on that they're no longer on uh i don't know about that i i, I can't uh, can't tell you about that the future of pro you ever have wrestling a, you ever TV. Play, you ever play fantasy baseball with a guy who just has an itchy finger for trades and just makes trades all the time? And yes. you're like, this guy's ruining the league because he makes three trades a week. I don't know who's on what team anymore. Uh, the trades are dumb. By the end of the year, his team stinks. But he just likes to wheel and deal and make trades. That's Court Bauer. He just likes to make He just deals. likes to make, uh, uh, make a deal and send a press release. There's nothing that man loves more than sending yeah. a press release. Gets them all hot and bothered for some Regina when he's making deals and sending out press releases. That's That man lives for it. <laughs> gotta appreciate it, though, right? I, do, you, do you gotta? You gotta, do you gotta, you gotta love it. it. You just gotta love it. So They have so many television contracts. Oh, they're contracted to appear in so many places, but nobody watches them anywhere. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. But uh, that is it for us here uh, on the flagship. I want to thank you guys, of course, for listening. Uh, make sure you go to uh, thevoicewrestling.com. Uh, uh, previews, reviews, columns, WrestleMania weekend stuff coming your way very, very soon. As I said, uh, keep an eye on the uh, the VOW podcast network feed. Uh, that is where you're going to get the uh, review uh, preview audio, I should say. A lot of preview audio. Uh, review audio. We will tell you about that next week. But again, flagshippatreon.com. You are going to get uh, review audio during WrestleMania weekend. The exact specifics of it, we're still trying to figure out. But uh, you are going to get audio, some of the instant nature as well, uh, over at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. So go to the website, uh, voicewrestling.com. So it's Discord as well if you want to join our Discord and join the uh, conversation uh, that we're having. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. So make sure uh, you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. Also, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Subscribe to the individual shows and the overall podcast feed. It helps out all of us if you subscribe and rate, review, and do all that other fun, fun stuff. So that is Joe. I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you, you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.